crazy that every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny. You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Don't you know y'all supposed to just say something nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Film, TV, and music news, discussions, and reviews from a multicultural point of view. In addition to our Say Something Nice challenge, in which we challenge each other to say something nice about the best and worst in pop culture. Be sure to check us out at SSNpodcast.com and on all social media under the handle at SSNpodcast. Our show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, and wherever else great podcasts can be found. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and Stitcher so that more people can find our show. Thanks, and here we go. Let's go ahead on to our main event, which is our review of... Yeah. Shazam. Wait, wait, that's... There's a button. All right, so so first we're going to do like basically our non-spoiler summary, which we'll keep the short, because we already did like the early review, so I won't spend more time doing like like, fools, like sort of kind of see my scene spoiler review. They all know what happened. Yeah. Um, So we actually will start with the guests and Adam sort of kind of tell us what you thought the movie and give us like a letter grade. Like, you know, it's like a little school letter grade um, for the movie. My letter grade is y'all let me know if I start screaming too loud. Okay. <laughs> That's my letter grade. If I get too loud and y'all need to tell me to walk away from the microphone, then I need y'all to say it. That is my letter grade. They fucking nailed it. Everything about it was right. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. Ali, Brandon, you may go now. All right, I I gave mine on the. Uh, it's still the same as a. It's an A minus. I thought it was very A well minus. Done. What? Because okay. I'm I'm being fair because, um, uh, I the reason why I said I reasons why I said it was A minus because I after watching it again though I, I I'll take away the one thing I when I first saw I thought the third act was a little long but I said I see it again it needed to be every second that it was but the yes. other reason is an A minus because I'm very picky about. Visuals, because you know that's that's my that's what I do in my hobby. So right. when I see like, like blessed like dodgy CGI in a movie, it's, it jumps out to me more than it does the average person. And I mean, this movie yeah. was made on a tighter budget than a lot of the other like, because um, it's not even really a Warner Brothers film. But the other DC films are all like in the two hundreds and three hundred millions. This was made for ninety eight million dollars, which is you know kind of an economical side when you have you know characters flying and stuff. And there's a couple of shots here and there where it's like. Uh, they could toss them a couple more dollars here and there. But see, but see, if you're gonna talk well about the Goonies, can't you also show some love for something that did it with a lesser budget? Yeah, like can't you can't you be able to tell the difference, but then still be able to say like, oh no, this is one of the charms. Yeah, like, and that's one thing we'll talk about. So, like. The movie itself, like, um, is sort of kind of styled after the Goonies and the Gremlins and sort of kind of those 80s, right. like, adventure so films. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely, it definitely is. Down to, like, the, a lot of the stuff they did was, like, practical versus CGI because they didn't have a lot of CGI money. 
And also just to give that feel to it, like, you know, like the third act, like, like, like a lot of the props, even like the, um, it's not really a spoiler, mm-hmm. but the Ferris wheel was a real Ferris wheel. They didn't like have anybody CGI one and they bought a Ferris wheel new and basically trashed it. That's <laughs> necessary yeah. during the filming. Um, and like, the like, like, um, like, you know, Zachary Dillon's Shazam suit actually lights up practically. Like they, like, oh, which looked amazing. Yeah, they they overlay like on like the light the chest lightning bolt like a CGI pattern in post, but like instead of like having to like go in and CGI like the actual lights on his face and all that kind of stuff, they said we'll just make a light up suit and um, do it that way instead. You know, a lot of stuff and was it really looked well amazing. Yeah, like a lot of like you know like it's a lot of location work, which I didn't expect in a movie like this. So like they are in real places most of the time, which was awesome. Um, I like that they gave Dr. Savannah a reason for being evil. Savannah's my favorite Shazam villain, but it's all, but I will admit to you that he's kind of like, you know, he's... <laughs> I'm going to get you, Billy Baxter! That's, that's Savannah in the comics. And that's basically all you, all you need in the comics. But in the movie, they explain to you in detail why he's evil and the reason why you compare it to Billy Batson's story is actually compelling. That's kind of getting yeah. spoilers, though. Um, <laughs> yes, but yeah. that part of the movie was the one thing that made my wife nervous because she was like, oh, this is just every 90s movie I've ever seen. Hmm. Just that intro. Hmm. Like, where they're driving down the road. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then, like, the frost comes on and all that. She She was telling me afterwards... And I think that she's right because I, I, I mean, I agree with her. But yeah, it's just like that felt just so. This is what a '90s movie. Anyways, I can see that. I, I can see that. Um, I can see that only up to the point of the fake out. The fake out is what you wouldn't be expecting from the '90s. Movie. Yeah, yeah, the fake out point. saves it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I think the beginning is what is to get you into the. Get you into the um, into the feel of that being a nineteen movie, and then he's going to pull the rug out from under you. Yeah, let's let uh, we'll, I'll jump into that a little bit deeper later on. I I loved the performances. The only performance I didn't super love, I only liked was Grace Fulton's performance as Mary Bromfield, and that's really because she didn't get as much to do as the other kids really did, and that kind of surprised me. But like they sort of kind of undercut her in favor of Faith Herman, which. I'm fine with. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Fan favorite. Yeah. And, and like, I was really, I was thankful after seeing Dumbo that they found children who could actually act. Apparently, listen, no offense to y'all's children, but everybody's not able. <laughs> 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 um. Hey, maybe if Tim Burton would cast black people, he would find somebody that could act yeah. like he, Shazam did. He, he cast a black person. The black, a black person is the lead of his movie. Well, a mixed person is the lead of his movie. What? And she can't act. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I was just trying to throw yeah. shade yeah. on him. Daddy Newton's daughter is the lead of Dumbo. She's well, the, she's the little her. girl, but she cannot act. That poor thing. <laughs> maybe Or maybe she can, and Tim Burton didn't know what to do with her. They didn't know how to actually direct her. She's like, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like, um, but I, and so Ali, what are your, what's your letter grade and what are your thoughts about Shazam? Like your initial sort of kind of non-spoilery thoughts. 
Yeah, so I give Shazam definitely an A. Like yeah. I I love I love this movie. I I walked out and I yeah, I, <laughs> I was telling Brandon that I, I just I don't understand why people are acting like making a movie like this is so hard. Like it's not. Right? Just like just just stop trying to overthink how a movie is a movie like this a superhero like who is supposed to, supposed to be like. It's very logical. Like every <laughs> every decision that was made in this movie, like director wise, I was just like, this seems very logical. Like, of right? course I would. Like this is this is it. He made it the way David Sandberg um, directed this movie. It just feels like as if he. He knew exactly what he wanted, but it wasn't like as if he he, he sat down and did any kind of complicated rocket science. <laughs> he came in there and was just like he came in there and it, it just felt like as if he was like, "What the heck are what the heck are people doing? Like this is easy. This is a. I mean, it's harder to make a horror movie. I'll, this is simple for me." Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he walked in there and was just like, "Really? Like yeah, this? Now this? this now this? Movie? Like, made. Yeah, like, You're welcome." This, yeah, this is like this is easy money. Hold my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this is like this. This is a vacation for me. I'm gonna make this movie. Go back to Sweden and live <laughs> my life. <laughs> he did though. He made it look so incredibly yeah. easy. This like, is like watching an easy movie, right? And watching then you that movie made me hate the other DC movies more. Right. I was just like, dude, this is so simple. Like this dude didn't yeah. even. He didn't even like. There was nothing about this movie where I was just like, "Oh man!" I mean, I can just I can't imagine what he had to do to pull this off, right? Like, oh, <laughs> this movie was very straightforward and like everything was hitting properly. And the comedy, um, I felt that was on. I felt that was on point. I mm-hmm. felt like the, the the children in there, um, the movie, what it did for me that really stood out. The thing that I um will put above the rest is definitely the fact that they leaned hard into focusing on the children, their personalities, and the the themes of family and trust and love. Yeah. And I, yeah, that. I, yeah, I forgot to mention that the dramatic parts are my favorite parts of the movie because I did not expect them to actually give that give it that much weight at all. Like because yeah. they you re- yeah like you focus. You really feel you really feel really bad for Billy and for the other kids in some places. Like, like as far like the actors and the writing and the direction pulls off like where you actually have yeah. emotion and heart in this movie, which seems to evade the other movies that aren't Wonder Woman. Like even Aquaman, which is fun and everything. It's those aren't characters. It's, they're kind of like game avatars. Yeah, avatar. yeah. I'm sorry, but this is why you see, Brandon. This is the thing I was telling you about. Where we're like we're in the the Aquaman movie, and I'm sorry, I didn't feel anything from from um, from Mira eating that that bouquet of flowers. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. <laughs> she ate I was like, what am I supposed to get from that? Like, I'm sorry, that's not. But this movie, though. This movie pulled stuff off that was so very natural and they didn't it didn't look forced. Nobody looked like as if, man, I really put my acting face on here. Like, no, it just seemed very relatable. And that's it. You don't have to um try so hard to, to do um things that are 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 too complicated. Just right. let people be people, 
right? And it, because the idea behind this is that I feel like as if when it comes to superhero movies um, or this stuff like this, is that the hero aspect, the superness of the movie is supposed to be the thing that's supposed to get you, get your butt in the seat. But yeah. the real meat of the movie is the interpersonal relationships and the, the plot that drives people's motivation to become the best person that they can be. Right. That is what is supposed yeah. to be important. The powers and the action. Sam punched Savannah in the dick. <laughs> so, and you get that too. I mean, that's, that's, that's icing on the cake. <laughs> that's the icing on the cake. But the real meat of it is if you don't care about Billy, if you don't care about any of these kids, then the movie is just not going to work for you. Right. It's not. Yeah. Right. Okay. And we've seen that proven time and time again yeah, yeah. by these last several DC movies. Nobody yeah. cares about any of the characters, and it doesn't matter. Which when you put when you put characters in danger, the audience is supposed to feel a sense of dread and apprehension mm-hmm. and fear. I don't want bad things to happen to the characters that I care about. Yeah. And that's you have to that's that's the kind of situations that you need to create so that when your the climax of your movie happens when the stakes are supposed to be really high that's supposed to make me lean forward in my seat and really really want the the hero to pull through well and to to add on to that one one thing that i found really interesting about the way that they formatted this movie is that it felt like it only took place over the course of like three, maybe five days. Yeah, this movie is not a, yeah, this is not one of those things yeah. that's like months it, later. Uh, it, yeah, it, so it, they it, had to focus on like way more of those interpersonal moments because that's where the movie was. And with all these other movies, it feels like they could have taken place over weeks or months, but this one really felt like it moved along really quickly even though compared to other films, the time that it was taking up was enormous. Yeah, I think it, I think you can you can probably you can probably make up make up a story or you can make up a, a narrative where all the montage scenes of um, him practicing the powers with with um, Freddie that's probably a week. So no, I don't think so. So the movies like I I. I I like I said before, I, I didn't see it four times. It start. <laughs> it's it has to start somewhere after Thanksgiving, and it has to end somewhere at the very beginning, like when school starts back in January. So about about six weeks of time. Does it? Yeah, because well, why? It, might, it might start the first of December. Why isn't the why isn't that last scene before Christmas break? Because they're having because Christmas dinner at yeah. The, I know. Like, they would still have that before. No, no, they're, they're, well, they're having the Thanksgiving dinner. They're having Christmas dinner on Christmas Day in like the, in like the second to last scene. The last scene is them back right. at school. Yeah, because the only way no, you'd be what back. I'm saying, though, what proof do we have that that's not before Christmas break again? What? No, but, but, but how would you be back in school then? Because no, but they wouldn't have left. Is what I'm saying. Where, what, where, what did we see? Uh, it doesn't matter. Sure, either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, like, um, like. I'm I'm really just going by like decorations and things, and because they like, everybody had red plates and red napkins, I assume that it was it was the 25th when they're having the dinner, second second to last scene, that the fight, the big fight sequence happens on Christmas home? Eve. Yeah, the one at home, and then okay. the when you cut back to school, it's like like January the eighth or whatever. But it's that because like 
Freddie definitely says it's December the 8th, the first day, the first day that Billy has his powers yeah. when he's recording the thing. And like, and, Ooh, yeah. And, yeah, so and at some point, you know, like they go up to where, you know, you know, like Santa's at the mall and stuff and everything. And oh, yeah. I see, wait, I see what Adam is saying, Brandon. Yeah. Because you can make an argument to say that the dinner that was happening. Um, it's let's just say, for example, it's not Christmas Day. Like it's right? like it's like the fifteenth or whatever, sixteenth. Yeah. Like yeah, because they because do that kind of dinner be, every night. Yeah, it it could just be a, a dinner that feels more special because Billy is now included right. more okay. in the family. Because I know in my family when they we put out the red napkins and stuff, that was like that's that's, that's Christmas <laughs> dinner, like. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel, but yeah, because Brandon continuing to try to insert himself into Captain Marvel lore. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> yeah, but I can see that because the thing about it is, though, because for the kids to still have, for the for the grudge of the kids to to feel fresh. Oh yeah, to, oh yeah, oh yeah, at the school, yeah, you're right. That's you're right. my own. That's my own. Yeah. Yeah, it needs to be fresh still, so that way they'd be like. So the the joke of the fact that you didn't bring, you didn't produce what you had, what you had said you would. Yeah, the the grudge needs to still be there. Okay, I see. Okay, all right. Let's actually go ahead and start with the spoiler stuff, so we can talk more freely about these yeah. things. Um, so, if you have not seen Shazam, first of all, shame. Uh, but yeah, don't if go. If you anywhere. haven't seen Shazam, we've spoiled it already. <laughs> what are you still doing here? <laughs> we, we, we have fully spoiled. I mean, it's not a shot that. The movie is has a happy ending. I mean, come on, <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, yeah, let's get into the full spoilers now. All right. So before we jump, I thought that sound effect was going to be louder in my headphones. I'm <laughs> <disappointed>. <laughs> so before we jump into that, so I don't know if anybody else has, but I read the previous versions of this movie that Newline had had written. No. Like, in, like, the 2000s. Like, there was one writ- script written by William Gold- William Goldman. Ooh, I would love to read that. Yeah, no. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. A- so- they had a William Goldman script <laughs> and they didn't What kind of layup is that, Brandon? Because, <laughs> I mean, William Goldman, Ali, um, he wrote The Princess Bride. He's a very famous yeah. screenwriter. Like He wrote Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. He's yeah. fucking great. His Shazam script was, it, it turns problematic. Um, because I can see that it's it's Billy and an and an older girl named Jenny in foster care. Billy gets his powers and stuff like that, and the girl develops a crush on Captain Marvel. She's like fifteen. Okay, and so it just it gets problematic in that sort of way where you wouldn't make that movie nowadays at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, that's a bummer. It did. William Golding is great. Yeah, it did to its benefit have Savannah as the main villain. There was no Black Adam. And Butia and Magnifica Savannah, who are Savannah's adult children, showed up, and they had significant parts. Um, that's a lot of different things that we need to get to in reviewing <laughs> this movie. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and, so and the second version I read, um, so William Goldman's version had to have been 2003. The second version I read was John August's script from 2008. Uh, this is the, ver- the version I read was after he brought it to New Line, and after New Line had been absorbed into Warner Brothers. Because at first they were two separate studios, both owned by Time Warner. Then they made the Golden Compass, and Time Warner said, uh, "No." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so he brought it. He brought his first version, which is closer to this movie. In, and they said there needs to be way more Black Adam because we want to get Dwayne Johnson to play the part. He needs to be mm-hmm. in the whole movie. 
and needs to be darker and this and that. And so he rewrote it, and that's the version I read where it starts with Black Adam, ends with Black Adam. It's Black Adam, Black Adam, Billy Freddy. Black Adam, Black Adam, Billy Freddy. Black Adam, Black Adam, Billy Freddy. And it feels... And presumably that's what The Rock signed on for. Right? That is what he signed on for. And it it's lopsided. It's closest to Jerry Ordway's 1994 Power of Shazam graphic novel. But if you took that, added in Freddie Freeman, it sort of kind of did the thing where Billy gets his powers and 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 Freddie becomes his manager and they be, and like they become famous on YouTube, like they do in this movie. But yeah. the whole thing about Billy's parents were murdered in ancient and um, while exploring Egypt with um, their assistant Theo Adam, who learns that he's the descendant of uh, Black Adam and gets Black Adam's powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a whole side story where he goes to what's that thing over in Tibet, Nanda Pared or whatever it's called. And meets with Felix Foss, and I'm like, who watching this picture would know who these characters are besides yeah. like the five nerds in the front row? Why are they here? Well, and, that, <laughs> and that's the danger that we talked about earlier of like, yeah, you need to make things that connect to, to the people. comics, but you'd also don't want to have the entire thing just be a continuous reference. Right. Yeah. The, um, John Ox's Billy Batson was sort of kind of frankly bland. His Freddie Freeman was was interesting. He's not too far off from the version they wrote for this movie. But his Billy Batson was like a wet blanket. I really didn't care for mm-hmm. the Billy Batson parts of that of that script. Uh, and then uh, there was a girl at school named Caitlin Bromfield. And I'm okay. like, why does she have to have a different name? And she later on tells her, well, my parents told me never to tell me by my real name. It's Mary. Like, well, that's what happened in the original faucet, though, right? She had a different name. Well, she, I mean, she had a different last name. name. It was Bromfield, Mary uh, Bromfield. It, she didn't change her I first see. name. I'm like, why is her first name changed, too? Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, that's who it is. It's Mary. And, like, you know, and then, like... The, and I got things to say about Mary. Yeah, the, and the third act is this really weird time warp thing where they open up time and there's dinosaurs flying in and World War One planes and stuff and <laughs> and Black Adam is like trying to destroy time and space and Billy is trying to stop him and okay. it's it's, sure. it's it's it was a whole lot uh, what ended up happening was that Speed Racer came out and flopped The Dark Knight came out and was successful so and so they decided to shut down Shazam at that point they assigned Jeff Johns to rewrite the script Jeff Johns worked on it for a while and then decided to take what he was working on turn it into a comic. Uh, because DC, well, because they Wait, had to deal. Seriously, that's yeah. the timeline. Yeah, because yeah, because, I thought it was vice versa. Seriously, <clears throat> Jeff Johns that's... worked on the screenplay first before he wrote his New Fifty Two version of Shazam, and he took what he was working that. on with the script and sort of put it back into the comic because the movie was in limbo at the time. It didn't stand a chance of being made. They talked about doing a CW show instead, oh. so Jeff Johns basically took it and said, "I'll just turn it into a comic." Because Dan DiDio has never been a fan of Shazam. He's the publisher, um, Ali, of DC Comics. Jeff Johns' um, Shazam was printed in chapters as a backup in Justice League Comics in 2012 and 2013. They collected it and turned it into the graphic novel that should have been in the first place later on. Because reading, reading... Jeff John's writing, because he loves to write, like, really drawn-out, like, scenes in eight-page chapters. He just loves to draw everything out. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work. When you read it as one piece, it's really good. 
it's basically this movie, more or less, except for Black Adam is the main villain and not Savannah. Savannah, basically, he's trying to find magic. He just he finds a tomb of Black Adam opposite, and Black Adam and <clears throat> Savannah go and find the seven sins so they can, you know, so that Black Adam can take over the world and remake it his own image because he thinks the modern world is like basically trash. But Savannah wasn't even Savannah enough for me. Yeah, in the comic, yeah, he was. He basically no, no, in 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 this movie. Oh yeah, okay. Um, but that's it's sort of kind of based on the version from that where, he, like, in the comic, he gets like a magic eye that he can see magic with. In this version, he gets a magic it's eye true. that gives him superpowers. Uh, <laughs> and otherwise, it's basically this: like, you know, like Billy Batson, Foster Home, Vasquez's, all six kids, superpowers, etc., so forth. Like, um. And I think what happened is that after the comic was printed and then they started doing the whole DCEU thing, New Line still had the rights. They didn't give them back to Warner Brothers proper. They kept the rights to that. Uh, Constantine and some other things they're working on as well. And I'm assuming that Dwayne Johnson saw that script that was the, the direct adaptation of that comic, sort of kind of bled back into the movie, and said, why am I not on page one? Why am I not on page 10? Why am I on page 55? <laughs> that's where my first line is. Right. And that's when you got the thing in January of, of 2017 where it was like, Shazam will be split into two movies, a Shazam movie and a Black Adam movie. And everybody's like, why would you make a Shazam movie without Black Adam? Because most people have never read the comics. And I keep telling everybody this. I'm like me and five other people, people who have read Shazam comics. And they think he has no other rogues besides Black Adam. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is, since we are giving spoilers, like, this movie has a different villain, and then in the stinger at the end, and at the very beginning of the movie, actually, yep. previews a different villain. Right. So they're not planning on having Black Adam until three at the earliest. Like, yep. I we're, find ne- it <laughs> we're never actually going to see The Rock as Black Adam, right? And I'm fine with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 so the thing is this. I bet he'd be good. When the he first announced him, I thought he'd be good. Then he started getting really, really famous. And he started talking about yeah. how he always wants to play good guys and have happy endings in every movie he uh, makes. And yeah, I'm like, you cannot do a Black Adam movie at all with a happy ending for Black Adam. At all. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem then that they were going to make a Black Adam movie, period, instead of just having Black Adam as a character? There is a world where you could write and make a good Black Adam movie. I just don't know if it's this one. <laughs> but, that like, but that would be like calling the most recent Avengers movie Thanos Infinity Gauntlet. Like, you could have Black Adam as the most important person in a story, I just don't know if you can or should sell it as a Black Adam film. Do you see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. And I also, and my understanding is that that if they make this Black Adam movie, Shazam's not going to be in it much, if at all. What? Oh, my God. So they want to fail. They just want to make half the world angry. I have no idea what they want to do with that. That's absurd. Um, I will say that having Savannah as the villain in this movie is to its benefit because I don't think yes. I don't think Dwayne Johnson would choke children. 
<laughs> and I, I kind of needed the villain of this first Shazam movie to choke some kids. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's actually talk about the movie. So the movie starts controversially, according to the internet, with custom logos from Warner Brothers' new line in D.C. There were some nerds who were in uh, David Sandberg's mentions complaining about the fact that he didn't use that raggedy um, animated DC intro with all the silhouettes and all the like the wait, people wait, lined wait. up. Wait. Like, yeah, for real. <laughs> you got a movie, all right? It says yeah, DC. What does it matter? What does it matter? The, 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 the animated stuff where you see everything and then it says DC or just a, a logo that just says DC. It doesn't matter. It's DC property. It's a good-ass movie. Sit on and calm down. Yeah. Th- th- those <laughs> yeah. are the nerds who want very much for these movies to compete with the Marvel movies, which they're never going to be able to catch up to. Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> no, there's they're not going to. And because over. Marvel has that, you know, um, da, 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 where Captain America throws the shield and shit, they want that in DC stuff. Uh, wow. Meanwhile... We should talk about it later. I have a way that DC could catch up with Marvel. But let's not, let's not distract now. Right, right. But ask me about that later. All right, I got away. I'm going to write it down and remember to ask it later. And so Sam Burke said, I just wanted custom titles. I wanted to start my movie and jump right into it and not have to worry about sitting through a minute of Warner Brothers yeah. as time goes by, the new line, film yeah. reels flying through the air, and all them Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, people who, who aren't in this movie, <laughs> did all them silhouettes. <laughs> and so the movie jumps in immediately with, you know, it's 1974, it's Christmas time in upstate New York. And... um. This rich man named Mr. Savannah is driving his two kids to see their grandfather. The youngest kid is named Thaddeus in the backseat playing with a magic eight ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he is a little nerd who believes in magic. <laughs> and his- that was so weird. He based his entire life off of a magic eight ball. I mean, you. What, what, no, 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 no. That's not what that's. That, that's I not. Know, what but, I know, but I know, but. He still did, though. Yeah, like, after after the events of this, of yeah. this So, but he was ready because of that magic eight ball. <laughs> like, okay, it's it's the same. It's the same thing for the folks who believe in horoscopes. That yes, yeah, it's the same sort of idea here. But, but I mean, but we don't have a Marvel movie where Thanos got his power because he found out he was a Libra. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, that's Thanos, not what happens. First of all, Thanos is a Leo, but but still, <laughs> no, no, balance, balance, baby. <laughs> oh, okay, Perfectly fine. Balanced. <laughs> and, and so, fine. little Thaddeus is playing in the basket with the magic eight ball. Well, his brother takes it from him, asks him, asks him, like, will that ever be a real man? Outlook, not so good. And you, and I, this went over people's heads, but. And the whole scene basically supposed to get the a whole movie you get the, supposed to get the the inference that you know that that is an abused kid his, his older brother hates yeah. him his dad hates him you know he has no real family. I just feel like as if this. <laughs> all right, so I don't have a problem with this scene at all. I this scene did a really good job of making me just completely over not the not the brother because older brothers are supposed to be shit anyway, <laughs> but the. But the trash ass father. Yeah, let me. I'll get to that. that the point, idea really. that the idea that you would that you would allow your child, your younger son, to get shit on by his <laughs> older son, and then literally and sinister cut and chuckle. 
and chuckle. Wink yeah. at each other like, yeah. Right, it's like, yeah. Yeah, he's like, he he basically is saying with the wink, he's like, yeah, he is shit, isn't he? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he's your child. I wanted that dad to play Sivana the whole time. <laughs> I didn't want him to be playing the dad. Oh, John, John Glover. Him. Yeah, John Glover. Yes. I wanted him to be Savannah the entire time. I was like, that guy fucking gets it, man. <laughs> so, so what's your? Ba- well, we so like we'll get to Mark Strong in a second. Um, but we um so who I love. Yeah. Um. So little Savannah played by uh, I think his name's Ethan Pugetto, if I remember his name properly. He looks up from his Magic Eight Ball and sees that he's in a driverless car, and next thing he knows, he's being transported to the Rock of Eternity, where he meets Jamin Hansu in a blowout wig. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you gotta do that to him. That's a <laughs> you leave him the hell alone. Listen, he um he don't have much of the Rock of Eternity, but he he got a he got a hair dryer. Uh, <laughs> electric got a hot comb. You got a yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah, powered <laughs> by the light in his staff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all that static electricity. It's making it really, yeah. And so he basically explains to the kid that he's been looking for a champion, like, to take on, be his successor, because he's getting old and weak and, you know, and everything. And But he has a test, you know, like, he has to see if he can um, withstand the temptation of these seven deadly sins of man. And this child does not. He immediately um, walks over at their command to the eye of sin, which sort of kind of keeps them housed. And and, um, the wizard, wizard Shazam, he's like, no! (laughs) You will never be worthy. And Simpson right back. And then little Savannah's in the back. So you like, I am worthy. Let me back. Let me back. And he's sort of kind of like, you know, like causing the scene. And um, the dad actually has the car skid off the road. And it doesn't hit anything. And it, thankfully. And he's like, you miserable little shit. You could have had us all killed. And all of a sudden, because Pony Special ain't shit. Contract <laughs> just rose up. He knows what he's doing. Contract <laughs> rose up and he hit the fuck. <laughs> I was like, final destination, this father. Please, before I, before I get up, I, I do it myself. <laughs> and the, you know, the dad is up crippled, and um, older brother sits at bottom, blames Thaddeus for it, and his magic eight ball has a secret message from the Sims. Oh. Find us. <laughs> Wait, did it did it actually say that? Yeah, it did. Yes, it did. Oh, yeah, yeah it did. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. After, so, yeah. After the so accident, I I have a comment. So first of all, first of all, um, best opening ever. I don't give a <laughs> shit. What that opening is. The, I couldn't have played it any better. You know People what really said it off was the Bean Crosby. Um, do you hear what I hear? And the way they used it in um in like when they when the car crash hit. <laughs> yeah, the the the, yes. the, it's just the, the um the score yep. and the and the just the whole scene just play beautifully. No, I heard. So I was listening to this review, and um, you know, the, the the people that were reviewing it, they were kind of critical. I think of the the um the scene in the Rock of Eternity. Uh, they were saying that well, if you were going to give this part to this kid, right? Why would you do it in like right? Like, why would you keep the statues of the what apparently is the most 
dangerous uh, entities known to man right there in the entrance hall, right? And to me, I'm just like, that is, because because they're just like, well, because the moment the, the, he presented the, um, you know, the staff to the kid, the, the kid immediately started to get tempted by these statues. That's the and point. Like, That's the task. Dude, I, would, I, was, dude, I was like, dude, I was like, that is exactly where I'd put those things. I would put them right yeah. at the doorstep. Like, the fuck? <laughs> I would yeah. keep them in the back in the basement. I would put them right there. In fact, you know what? You know what it should be? The, even before you see me, I would put those statues in front of you. You have to pass them to get to me. That's what I would do. Fu- no, uh, I, I was like, that is not... And several people said that online, yeah. too. I was just like, they were just like, well, that's, that's, a, that's a shitty way. Of course, and it was... I was like, the point no, of that is... The point of that is double is double-ended. Yeah. One, it's a perfect test for you. And two... No one's also- going to pass it. Exactly. <laughs> no one's gonna pass yeah. it. And because you, and you, you will be the person that stands and there you and you will, watches them. And right. you will sure none of them you. beat you. Right. And the thing I like about that is that the it actually bookends itself at the end because that is what you're supposed to get from that. That no one is perfect. You will never not be tempted by these things. You just have to, you have you have the potential inside yourself to build a resistance. Based off of ju- just your just the 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 deep innermost goodness, like morality um, of you, plus all of the life experiences that you will eventually have growing up, but you will never, never on the first try pass this test. And I think this is perfect. I I wouldn't have it any other way. That is a perfect scene. I'm sorry. No, right. I will not accept it. Yeah. Right, and, and yeah. so like you know the um, the statue because the wizards like thousands of years old and about to die. And so the statues are like, you can't keep us in here much longer. And so Shazam resubmits a seeking spell, basically like to try to find one good person somewhere on the earth. And that's where we jump to the present day. We're in Philadelphia, where we have 14-year-old Billy Bassett who's called in a police report because he saw, he's at a pawn shop that claims he saw some dudes, you know, trying to rob the pawn shop. He's like, they're in the back. They're back there. Yeah. <laughs> the police officers come in. He locks the um the pawn the pawn shop. He pulls the gate down on them, keeps them in there because he wants to use their police um computer to look up some license plate numbers that um a woman that he learned her name is Rachel Bassett. He's trying to basically find his birth mother. Um, shout out to Billy for using his Caucasian kid powers. <laughs> <laughs> to afford him the privilege to be able to pull this stunt off. Because as sure as the sky, as sure as the sky is blue, you would not have been able to do that shit if you were black. No way. <laughs> do you have my genos? Yeah, that is not gonna be the question. That'll, that never, that'll never happen. So shout out to you, out to you for using your your strengths. <laughs> Well, he had the wisdom of Solomon. I did appreciate. I also appreciated that Billy Batson's first two lines in the movie are "Holy moly." <laughs> yeah. Yes. Even if it's done as an act. <laughs> that's the point. That's yeah. what we as comic book readers want to see, right? Right. Like we want to see you put that kind of stupid stuff that we will laugh at. Just somewhere. Put it in there somewhere. I don't care how you do it. You put it in there, good. I like that. I like that the holy moly isn't played seriously because if, if yeah, it really exactly. 
if it was if it was really him saying holy moly like as if a child would really say holy moly in 2019 well he then it would he, he, he says it two more times yeah, but the thing about it is, well, though, one of them is you, as Captain Marvel, though. Yeah, one, one, right. yeah, one of them is. is um, I've trained so myself not to call Captain Marvel anymore. So <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, it, it was hard, but I, I, I did it. <laughs> what I was getting at, what I was getting at, is that when he says it in the in the beginning, yeah, it's 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 clearly in a way that's just like. To really um, play off the fact that you're like you're you're a, you're a helpless innocent child just trying to do your civic duty. <laughs> Holy moly, officer! Please help! Right? It's like, right. right? Like okay, yeah, you're trying really hard, but I I appreciate, I, yeah. I, you know, I appreciate the the silliness of it. Yeah. So he, so he goes to the um, Rachel Basson's house because he's remembering like how he lost his mom. You know, they were at the Winter Carnival. She won him a compass because he wanted a tiger. It's foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But is it though? I mean, They're it, not going to introduce that character, are they? They. I mean, there's a worm. <laughs> I know, but I guess they did already get the Marvel family in this movie. So, right. If they're going to introduce something in the next one, it's either going to be. Talkie Tawny or Black Adam, right. and it ain't gonna be Black Adam. So. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like he, um, he, he won up his mom won him a compass, and basically, like, and he lost it really quickly, and went to go find it, and then lost his mom, and then ended up in foster care because she never came like to see him. He keeps the compass, sort of, kind of as like the last thing he got from his mom. He goes to Rachel Basson's house because Rachel Basson is a black woman. He's like, I think you're my mom. She opens the door. You sure about that? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the police catch him and and like instead of sending him to a uh, juvie, apparently, uh, <laughs> the nicest social worker in the world, uh, Mrs. Glover, played by mm-hmm. Andy Osho, who this character is apparently, even though she come, Mrs. Glover is in the comics and she's like an old mean white woman in the comics. Um, this version of the character is supposed to be the same character as from um, David F. Sandberg's Lights Out, because played by the same actress. Like his uh, his thing is that she got tired of the shit that went down in Lights Out and moved to Philadelphia, started her life over. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, you know what? You're not tour. Do whatever you want. Right. <laughs> and basically, she um, basically puts him into a group home that's run by uh, Victor Vasquez and Rosa Vasquez. Victor Vasquez played by um, Ali's best friend Cooper Andrews. And Rosa Vasquez ba- played by uh, Marta Milans. Yeah. Uh, they used to be foster kids Looking back then. Real in. good. Yeah. <laughs> I was, those, those two characters made me real happy. <laughs> Everything about it. I was like, she looks real good, and he seems like he deserves a woman that looks that good. I'm here for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> like just everything about them made me really, really happy. I thought they were the best parents possible. Yeah, they are. They're really awesome parents. Um, and so um, they take Billy to the house, <laughs> and he, Eugene. He first kid he meets is Eugene. Eugene's on the couch mm-hmm. playing Fortnite or whatever, or Call of Duty, and he's yelling and screaming through his headset. And Victor's like, um, hey, buddy, what I tell you about drinking sodas after dark? He's like, when did it get dark? <laughs> that line was funny. Darla runs out because Dar- Darla's been cooking um, wel- a welcome dinner and making a welcome banner for Billy. She runs up and immediately attaches herself to him, like, Billy, welcome home. 
<laughs> and she's immediately adorable. <laughs> she was. She was great the whole time. Yes. Whoever that actress is, Faith, give her more work. Yeah, Faith Herman, she's um, a regular on This Is Us. She plays Sterling K. Brown's youngest daughter on that show. Mm, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, like... I don't um, watch This Is Us, so there you go. Yeah, like, um, she's really good, good on there. good for her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she's cooking vegan dinner because she loves animals. And she and she's a vegan, and uh, uh, Victor is not a vegan. He's sitting there like, mm-mm, 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 you don't want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then her toe Furky catches on fire. She's like, oh no, the toe Furky. He's like, oh no, we had, we had to eat a real turkey. How horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we get real food. <laughs> and if I may, that was one thing that I really loved about this movie was it was like reading a book. <laughs> like everything in it was nobody outright said. I'm a vegan or I hate veganism because I want to eat a steak again. Like everybody just, their one or two lines at a time give you so much character at once. And I just don't know like why other movies can't do that. This was a lot of, this was very good use of show, not tell. Right. Exactly. Again, I'm mad at you, Brandon. A minus? (laughs) What are you doing? Uh, like this was a great movie, period. <laughs> not whether or not it appeased us as Shazam fans. <laughs> Everything right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, what? Uh, okay. I, 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 like, like okay. no, I, I'm very, I'm very. People know, like, I'm. It's hard for me to give a movie like an A or an A plus. Like, I gave Into the Spider Verse got an A plus. Like, A pluses are kind of rare for me. Well, obviously. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Can I? Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, I, I only have one issue with that movie, but we're not talking about that movie right now. Right. Mary shows up next. She's um, on the phone with a college interview from Caltech, and she mm-hmm. and she and is like, you know, like uh, she introduces herself to Billy really quickly. She's like, and she's like, "What am I most excited about?" On the phone, and, and she sort of kind of asks her parents, like, "What do I say? Tell me you're yeah. a foster kid." College eat that up. <laughs> it's a really cute scene. She fist bumps Cooper Andrews. And they mentioned that she's going, that she's, um, Caltech's a great school, but it's all the way in California. Her daughter's like, we don't have to talk about that right now. It's a tough subject for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Rosa leads them upstairs. They meet Pedro on the stairs, and Pedro, and like, she's like, say hi to Billy. Pedro just (laughs) ahead and us. And what's up the stairs? She's like, don't worry. He's like, that was everybody. Which is a character, because Pedro doesn't talk, basically. He talks very little. In the comics, he's very, not not quite monosyllabic, but he's, like, the idea of Pedro is he's extremely shy. And I don't know how well that worked in this movie, though. Yeah, like, he almost goes off mute in this. <laughs> no, see, I don't think that. I feel, because, only because I feel like the only time they show him not talking is the very first time we see him. But then he talks in every single other scene that he's in. Oh, no, he only has he only has three, two lines in the movie. This kid has, like, yeah, this kid has very, very few lines. So the, when no, he shows no, no, up... No, he, he, he has three lines in the movie. And when I, he shows up at first... Then he shows I, up four times. I don't ever get... <laughs> I, don't get I don't ever get the impression that he's... I don't get the impression that he's not necessarily... It's not... I don't think he's shy. The movie doesn't tell me that he's shy. The movie tells me that 
he just doesn't, he's just not a talkative guy. Because the thing what yeah. is though, when he when he sees Billy for the first time, he doesn't, he doesn't like retract or like cringe and like walk away or whatever. He just right. gives him a head nod. So that tells me that that's to me, that's a personality. Um, that's a that's a oh, I'm just not, I'm not much of a people person personality. I'm, it's not a, it's not a, I'm shy, I'm too scared to talk to people personality. Okay. Right. And, and, and all I'm saying is that like when they first introduced him, I understood that that was what they were going for. But that after that, he talked in more scenes than he didn't talk. Um, I don't remember. The only thing that, I remember him talking was... Let me see. The dinner table, he talked. He didn't talk a lot, but he the dinner talked table, in every scene. Did, yeah, the dinner table where he where, where they were speculating about um, Shazam. Yeah. Right? yeah. The, and then the, the, then the, 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 the last thing. The kick his ass, is, Billy. Kick his ass, Billy. And that's the only time I hear Obviously, it. And then there's one more no, line. We're and talking. him running from the strip club. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. Because right, that's, 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 a, that's a whole article I have. He talks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, and then when he, <laughs> when he goes into the bathroom and finds no, he doesn't. He doesn't say a word. Mm. Not a single. I've seen it four times. You've seen it four times, and I've seen it once. So I'm. He doesn't say a single word. And that's wait, what? Wait, what scene is this? When he goes to the when he goes in the bathroom and throw away his F that he made on that test and he finds Billy. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't see. Yeah, he doesn't see anything in that. <laughs> but he yeah. grunts. <laughs> he grunts. He's like. Mm. <laughs> that yeah. counts for my point more than it counts for your point. Like if he made a sound, that's more what I'm saying than what you're saying. Yeah, but he never. Yeah, he never comes off to me. He doesn't come off shy. He just comes off as a person who's just. He's just not a talkative guy. All right. Yeah. And the other yeah. uh, on the other side of that spectrum, we have Freddie Freeman, who mm-hmm. Billy meets last. And Freddie, basically, he's a mile a minute talker. He's a superhero nerd. Like, of course, in their world, superheroes are real. And he's collected all this memorabilia from superhero stuff. But like only Batman and Superman. Well, yeah, uh, well, he has some Wonder Woman and Aquaman stuff, too. But he clearly has a preference for Batman and Superman, especially Superman. Like, he has, like... If you look quickly at what he has, it's newspaper articles from every other DCEU movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like BBS, The Invasion, like uh, from Man of, Man of Steel, all that kind of stuff. And his prize collection that he had, of the prize of his collection is a Superman, a bullet that passed off a of Superman with a certificate of authenticity that he says like is that. worth $500, $600. So you see Billy immediately give like, mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Billy gives a little eye, yeah. eyebrow wiggle. Yeah, casing joint. And so, like, and um, before he goes to dinner, of course, Billy throws away his notebook with his notes for um, his search for his mom. And Pedro, of course, later finds it, which becomes important to the plot later on. Uh, and then at you know, like, um, and you know, he has to go to school with the other kids, and you know, like, he tells Darla, "We're not really brother and sister. We need to hug all the time and breaks the little girl's heart in the first day of, yeah. damn, of damn school." That poor girl, poor little girl. Yeah, I wanted lightning to strike him down, there, but, not <laughs> him, but not turn him into a superhero. <laughs> I, I did like. like the, why I, was why was he seen as worthy? Well, he wasn't. He wasn't. He got lucky. He was, right, he, he, that's he, what he was trying to say, right? Yeah, it, it was. Yes. The, he was the last person on. He was the last person on the call sheet that day, and right? it yeah. just happened to be the last day of, of rehearsals. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. as long as we can all agree on that, that he that was is, not worthy. 
Yeah, that 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 interview that interview tanked. <laughs> but, but, but look, but listen. Then they I at have other people on the list. No, it was no, it was that interview tanked. But I have little seconds to live. <laughs> so, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna take hold of this giant brown stick. <laughs> and you're gonna stick Listen, I don't give a fuck what else you did. I don't care who you are. Hold on to the stick. Say my name. (laughs) (laughs) No, listen, I need you to stop laughing at my name. Say his name. Before we get there, though, uh, we meet Dr. Savannah as an adult, played by Mark Strong. And Mm -hmm. when I first saw the movie, so in all the production photos they've released, Hugh had I in none of them he wears the Dr. Savannah glasses. So when he showed up into his first yeah. scene with the glasses on, I literally had an out-of-body experience. I was like, oh! <laughs> so he basically is funding this project exploring mass hysteria, finger quotes. Um, and people who have believed to have all seen a wizard, a temple. Seven statues and things that have been tested and failed to test them and sent back to like um, woken up or whatever. Uh, I thought that doctor that was doing the study was going to be revealed to be his daughter. So oh, Butia. Yeah, uh, I don't remember her exact name. Yes, Butia, yeah. um, his uh, yeah, adult yeah, yeah. daughter. But yeah, like no, she thought she was going to be her, and then no. Yes, yeah, so she's Doctor Lynn Crosby. She's played by uh, Loda um, Lawson, who is David Sandberg's wife. Oh. Yeah, he always puts her in his movies and he always tends to kill her off. <laughs> <laughs> so she and she is uh, ends up learning, of course, that her whole project is basically a front for Savannah to collect knowledge about these magical abductions and try to find a way back to the Rock of Eternity, which he discovers he can do by taking the seven symbols people have been seeing when they've been abducted and writing them or like or flashing them seven times. And so he does that to the, like a door he has in his office. She touches the door by accident at the wrong time, and she turns to a pile of ash. <laughs> that part didn't really make sense to me, though, because that didn't happen to anybody else. She touched the door as it was transforming. This is exactly yeah, what I asked Brandon exactly after the movie. I was like, Brandon, she touched it she at the wrong time. If he, she had waited so three most, she had waited five more seconds, she'd been fine. <laughs> she she spent her career interviewing people who had the exact same experience as her, and she's the one that melted down. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Okay, so that's no, it's interesting. She made her life's work. She didn't believe. Is, she didn't believe it. She thought she matched. She thought she thought it was actually mass hysteria. Oh, okay. So voodoo <laughs> only works if you believe in voodoo, right? Yeah, got it. <laughs> cool, cool, that, cool. To me, that reminded me of I was watched when I saw this scene. I was just like. What a weird way to off somebody. Like right? <laughs> it was just, it was just so random. Like she just dies and okay. Like I, I thought it was like I was I was waiting for like the other shoe to drop. Like, is is this supposed to be important for something? Because she just she's just off. Like, I, what's going on? I just and took it then and she he took immediately it. touched it. But like, he, he, he saw he saw he was die, careful. And then he was like, nah, I got this. He saw he was careful. He was like, nothing she did nothing but touch the handle and disintegrated and he was like no i'm good <laughs> no that's um that 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 in itself i was just like that yeah horror movie director that's what i took 
I, I mean, was like, yeah. I mean, if I saw that in a horror movie, I would be like, this horror movie sucks. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just yeah. took it that she touched it at the wrong time. That just made me think of <laughs> like, like, like you put your hand in the so, oven before you turn it off. That made me think of just how numb horror movie directors are to mortality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, whatever, I'll just kill this person off. It doesn't matter, whatever. I'm making a horror. You're dead now. <laughs> Be gone. Okay. Exactly. So Sylvana comes back to the Rock of Eternity and he tells the wizard basically, essentially, like, you ruined my life by telling me I was never worthy. So I spent my entire life trying to come back here and get this power because you know what? I am not pure of heart. Take, takes the eye, all the sins, um, statues break down. They, they all fly into the eye and the eye flies into his eye. And now he's got, you know, like, like um, superpowers. He strikes the wizard down saying like, you know, you look for a perfect person, but nobody's good enough. And, you know, like... He's and not, He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> it was all cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, good. And strike, strikes the wizard down and then goes off on his merry way. Uh, meanwhile, Billy Bass is trying to avoid Freddy at school because Freddy's asking him about stupid shit about superpowers, flatter invisibility, and everything <laughs> like that. But Freddy confronts him. He's like, you're going to run away. I know it. You took my bullet because <laughs> you don't trust anybody. You're going to you know, sell it and use the money and, um, and run away, which Billy, right. of course, denies. Which is which I thought was a good Chekhov's gun because they made sure to show you the bullet yeah. going yeah. back into the drawer. They they did film the scene where he actually stole the bullet. They did shoot that because at the because he's not surprising. Like um, but I, they didn't really need it. It was just why they didn't use it because yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. steals the bullet. He tried to run away the night before, but Mary stopped him. That scene's actually in one of the, like those TV oh, spots. I wish I had seen that then. Yeah, it's it's one of the TV spots, but they did they ended up not using it in the movie. If Mary stopped him, I would want to see that because I personally didn't really love their interactions in the film. It definitely felt like they were hinting at like a taboo love thing. But honestly, I personally am of the opinion, fuck it, let them do that. They're not actually related. Let's go here. So I wish that we could have seen her be the person to step in and stop him because then maybe it would have helped for me to build up a more familial setting for their relationship. Right. Uh, as um, opposed to now, it's like we see her once and then he, as Shazam, is attracted to her. No, it's not. No, I don't you think that's that. not what's happening in that scene. No, no. I don't see that happening at all. What? What I saw, what I saw was... Um, was she like she is not paying attention? He he wasn't looking at her longingly. He saw her when she wasn't paying attention as she was reading the papers and she was about to walk into the street, which is why he saved her because he wanted because but, in that instance he wanted a and that's wing. True, but you don't. So so you're telling me that then in their scene after he saves her, he's why do you, why then do you think that he's trying to act cool around her? Because because, because he called her Mary. <laughs> yeah, it's because, yeah, he, yeah. He calls her Mary, and he has to, and he has to correct himself. And then, not only that, she brings up the fact that the issue that she's having—it's a particular sore spot for him because he himself is trying to rationalize why it doesn't make any sense to stay here with this family right. when you could be out living your life. So she's out here 
you know, with the experiences of the Cooper family. Sorry, not the Cooper family. Um, That's a different she's show. Out here. <laughs> the experience of being in the Foster family. What which she and the, the movie actually does tell you which she hated at first, but then grew right. to love. And that's why she's having an issue trying to leave. But he, on the other hand, is like, whoa, whoa, I may, I, you know, she doesn't know who I am, but I'm going to impart some quote unquote knowledge on her and try to try uh, to convince her that she doesn't need to really be here and, because and, fuck family. And then he lets it slip. You don't want to live in a group on the rest of your life. And he's really fucking this. He sort of kind of, you know, like shrugs and tries to walk away. You know, like look for ways to move across the street, but it's not. I didn't pick up that he was attracted to her at all. Yeah, this. I mean, I I get everything that y'all are saying, but I do think that he also went into it starting from that base, especially since he is so defiant about them not being his family yet. Mm. Like. You're a 15-year-old dude, and you move in with a 17, 18-year-old cute chick, and then you just happen to randomly run into her on the street. You're not going to yeah. not gonna be like, hey. But he didn't realize it was her at first, though. That's the problem. See, Oh, is that the case? Yeah, because remember, in the scene before that, remember, the scene before that, um, Brandon, the scene before that was... Um, well, something I, 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 can, can we can we get to that when we get to the in the, in the plot? So yeah, we'll get to that. But but the point is, he didn't recognize that was Mary because when he when she lifts her head, then she's like, "Holy shit, it's Mary!" <laughs> <laughs> he didn't realize that's her at first. Right. Anyway, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Right. And so, we're, like after his first day at, at the new school, uh, Freddie gets hit by a car by a truck <laughs> driven by the um, the Briar <laughs> brothers, um, Brett and, and Burke. <laughs> who are the school bullies. And Brandon is like, Brandon's in the theater and he's like, why are you laughing at the crippled child? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Ali was just, Ali was, I thought that was amusing that the fact that this crippled child got hit by a goddamn car. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, this is a children's movie. What? <laughs> what kind of bullies only hit on the crippled kid? Like, that's, Unfortunately, so a, a a good number. Who are you? Because you know he's a quote unquote easy target. He's a, he's a nerd and he's disabled. You know, like oh, I'm sorry. Did you ever bully a crippled child in your entire grade K through twelve education? No, I did not. But other people no, that I know, <laughs> of course you did. Oh no, no, trust me, I've seen that. I've seen that happen. <laughs> I just don't see <laughs> I just didn't expect because again, this is the this is the very 90s-esque um 80s, um, definitely 80s. Sorry, this is the very this 80s-esque nature of this of this movie because it's like yeah. in the, when when, they, when you ever see bullies back in those old timey movies, like it, the, the bullies the bullies seem to go a lot harder than they, they do now on, on yeah. Contemporary movies. So when I saw him literally get hit by the <laughs> I burst out laughing because I was like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> wow. Like this whole scene. There, were, there were moments like that in the movie, though. I liked that about the movie. Yeah. They had that moment of like, wait, holy shit, what's happening? Like when, and like before that, when Dr. Zavanna threw his older brother out of the window. Oh, we're getting, was, we're getting, yeah, we're getting into that. Yeah, that's, 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 that's after that's, this. That's after. Yes, definitely. Wait, after was this. it? Oh, my bad. Yeah, I thought that was before. We're, we're, getting, we're getting to that. So, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so Billy basically, like, um, he, um, 
But after they taunt Freddie for not having a mom, Billy comes in and knocks the bullies out. And then they start trying to fight him. Eugene steals. Why does why does one of these kids have nunchucks in the first place? He steals the nunchucks. He's like, back off, Aztecs. I know how to use these. He said he does. I was gonna ask you about it. I was like, who who's carrying around nunchucks in their backpack or on the side of their back? What what is that a is that a is that a new thing that bullies have nowadays? No, that's an old <laughs> thing. Bullies used to have. Parents call in and tell us. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so this distracts the bullies enough to where Billy takes off and he leads him through a chase through the through the subway. And of course he ends up safe in the car. It's funny because in the comic, he doesn't make it, he bases it to the car, but not before the door closes and when one one of the Briar brothers punches him out. <laughs> but in the movie, he makes it just in time. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so he gets, he sits down in the, in, the, in the subway car, and then of course you know you get like the classic scene of the subway car rocketing into the rock of eternity. I, I appreciated that the other passengers Thanos themselves out of the picture, just turn to dust. No. <laughs> wow. Oh, and so he ends up at the rock of eternity. He meets the wizard. The wizard's like you know he gives the whole backstory of you know seven wizards. You know we pick the champion Black Adam who. Turned evil, released the seven deadly sins to the world. We captured the sins, but it killed all the other wizards except for me. So I'm the only one left. So I spent the last however many the fuck thousands of years trying to find a perfect champion for the second champion because the first one sucked. <laughs> they had to be pure of heart and strong in spirit. And Billy's like, I don't think that's me. I don't think that's anybody. And was, Rightly. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> the that was like, the biggest indicator. Yeah. Was him being like, no, I don't. I think you got the wrong guy. That's how you know he's true of spirit. Yeah, was that he knew that he wasn't true of spirit, right? And Wizard's like, "You're all I have," because you know he's about yeah. to die in a couple of minutes. <laughs> so he's like, "Place your hands on my staff." Gross. <laughs> don't say that to a child. That's... Say it. Say it. Say the words. Everything. That whole dialogue was just, was just, yeah, that whole dialogue was just double entendre after double entendre. And I was just like, make it stop. Ali, what did you say about when when we were talking about a long time ago, how how they might do this scene? You were like, because you're like, I don't want them to do this scene. It's creepy, Brandon. Do you remember that? Yes. (laughs) Don't make it be somebody leading him down into the subway. Yeah, like in the old comics, like the the guy, the man in the green trench coat. (laughs) Little boy sleeping in your bed. (laughs) Stop it. So come with me. Come with me, Billy. Follow me this way, Billy. Yeah. Down we go. My goodness gracious. And so he's like, what just say it? Shazam. And then he turns into, into Shazam for the first time. I'm going to keep trying to call him Shazam, you know, uh, for, you know, clarity purposes. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's where we're at now. Yeah, that's where, Shazam, that's where we're at now. <laughs> um, and the wizard immediately disintegrates, and this freak, this freak Shazam out. He's like, let me out of here. He's back in the subway, and we get um, the black dude's like, yep. My brother, I applaud your choices today. <laughs> Gold shoes, white cape, it shouldn't work, but hot damn, it does. <laughs> that was a, such a weird, unnecessary scene. It's the parallel of the pimp in Superman 1. When Superman comes oh, up his phone poop, and he's like, man, that's a bad cape. <laughs> 
That's where that comes from. I immediately picked okay, up on that one. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Pass. Then, We're yeah, good. I'm gonna have to give that a pass. I'm definitely gonna give that a pass because I was like, I was because <laughs> honestly, I I'm here thinking to myself, wow, not that it's unnecessary, but wow, like th- this is. This is definitely how some people on the subway, because you meet all kinds of crazy characters on the subway. So I was just like, yeah, you would probably meet a guy on the subway who would who would freak out or like, you know, be be Love that verbal. Face. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I still was confused as to why it was in the movie. So I'm glad to be reminded that it was in the Superman movie because otherwise I was watching this and it was one of the few things that took me out. Because I was like, what in the world is this film director trying to say right now? <laughs> what are you doing, man? This is the choice you've made? But hearing that it's just a reference to the Superman movie, yeah. which I had forgotten, that makes me feel so much better. Because now I like the director more <laughs> instead of liking him less. <laughs> yeah, I love that he bumps his head on the subways. He's on his way out because he's not used to being that, that tall. Fair. And so he and so he like um he sneaks back home. Like everybody's freaked out trying to figure out where he is. And Freddie's washing dishes. He's like, um, I want to come look for Billy. And then, like he's like, and he's mocking everybody. He's like, what you know, he's thinking that they won't let him go because he can't run after Billy and everything like that. And then, you know, he shows up at the window with the don't scream sign. He screams anyway. <laughs> he's like, meet me out here after lights out. <laughs> And so they go in the in the alleyway, and um, Freddie's like got his phone out, ready to call nine one one. He's like, "How do I know you're not a super villain, making me believe that you're Billy, huh?" I got this person down this thing. Listen, I love how he holds it like as if it's like I have I have technology and I know how to use it. <laughs> and he's He's like, "I can prove. Look, I stole your bullet, and then a bullet falls down into the grate and lands in the sewer." With a little ploop. <laughs> Stupid adult hands. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, first of all, A, good thing you remember that. B, you're still trash for stealing it. So. <laughs> and so they, and so like, and Freddie being a superhero expert, like, you know, like, he's like, this is awesome. You're a superhero. Can you fly? And they immediately do the flight, the um, flying test that goes terribly wrong. And so, which is Sam landing on his face. Oh, you have to believe that you can fly. And he lands on his face. Did you believe? <laughs> <laughs> and the visibility test goes wrong as well because he, Freddie pretends like he thinks he's invisible and so that he can be picked on by the black kid across the street. <laughs> nice outfit, dipshit. And so, when, and so when Shazam angry, purposefully angry, he's like, I'm going to go over there and beat you and point like the lightning blasts out of his finger and he realizes he has lightning powers. Which leads to one of my favorite scenes in the movie is him over at the like the jungle gym just like testing the lightning. He's sitting there like, oh my God, what am I doing? How am I doing this? Just looking at his face. He's sitting there that like... That was pretty cool. <laughs> and they hear like um, the lady getting mugged on the other side of the park. And there's... First, Billy's just watching and Freddie's like... Oh, I forgot. <laughs> like, like right over there. Yeah. And so he's, he runs over there and doesn't realize he has super speed. He, he lands and knocks the guy out. And Freddy's back there like, hyper speed? Check. <laughs> he's over there in the cheering section. I'm like, you, yeah. 
you goddamn spectator. <laughs> and the woman's like, I'm sorry, who are you? His name is Thundercrack. Dude, that sounds like a bug. I don't like it. <laughs> Mr. Philadelphia, that's a cream cheese thing. Power Boy. He's like, Power Boy, do you know this child? I don't. He's, he's my manager. He's like a little manager. <laughs> yeah, I loved all the little, like, inside jokes they had going on there. And he also discovers he has super strength because he throws the dude across the, across the street. And then the lady's like, I'm sorry. I didn't see y'all. Here's some money. I'm about to leave. <laughs> you see, I was about to say, because here's the thing. This scene is amazing. Again, David Sandberg, he's doing a lot of really good things here, right? Because it's like, it's supposed to play out, you know, as aha, I I I am stumbling over, I'm stumbling over like saving this person, but in the end, I saved her. But in turn, but then he does this 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 um this left turn where it's just like, oh no, she doesn't need saving. Right, she's yeah, pepper spray. <laughs> yeah, pepper sprayed this bitch. She listen. He was okay, the one screaming. <laughs> she does not need help. <laughs> she doesn't. She got this. Yeah, and she was mad at Shazam for showing up. <laughs> yeah. She was like, she was like, you you basically interrupted me being a badass woman. <laughs> <laughs> you basically made it like for real though. Yeah, you stole my thunder. Literally. <laughs> Literally. And so they take the money because she gave him $73 and immediately goes to the convenience store to buy beer, which apparently is a for trivia's sake, it's a goof because apparently in Philadelphia you cannot buy beer at a convenience store. Which I did. Interesting. That's a random goof. That's <laughs> really like you spend so much time making sure you is dead on. I thought so. That's, that's the thing you miss. So, <laughs> so, so like, 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 so it's like, it's like, like CVS. Not a convenience store. Like, no, like, it wasn't like, even a CVS. Like a, like a, like a, a gas station without the gas. Like. They don't have a lot of them here in Atlanta. Like Ali, but like um in in Florida, they used to have like 7-Elevens where it's just the no, convenience yeah. store part without the gas it's station a, part. It's a package store. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, I, you said, but it's not a package store. Yeah, it's not a package store. Package it's, store. it's a convenience store. Like they like, you know, like they just sell like candy and stuff and, and just beer, because they don't have any other alcohols besides like beer, maybe some like light wine sort of stuff. No. So okay. yeah, they're trying to pick out beer. It's like, we don't have a fake ID. Freddie, I am the fake ID. <laughs> Literally, your fake ID is me. Listen, look. And then some robbers come in to rob the store. And then, like, um, and, and then Billy immediately hides behind Freddie until Freddie's like, this is your chance. He's like, oh, I keep forgetting. Really? <laughs> really? Short and crippled. <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes in there to confront the um the um the robbers, and one of the robbers shoots him, but the bullet bounces off. You have bullet immunity. This is December 8th. This is proof of authenticity. Shoot him again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot him again. <laughs> it's like, wait, we don't know if it's actually either, either your suit or your entire body. Shoot him in the head. Like, yeah, shoot me in the shoot me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I thought I thought when I saw the trailer for this movie and I saw part of that scene, I was like, "Oh shit!" I would have liked that to be a surprise. But then when this whole thing played out in the theater, I was like, "You know what? I'm going to that." Nah, forget what I just said. I yeah. love it anyway. They kept the good parts just for the movie. Yeah, yeah, it was still funny. <laughs> it was yeah. weird to hear them use the phrase "bullet immunity." <laughs> like I've, like I've, yeah, I've been a comic book reader for most of my life. I don't remember ever hearing 
bullet immunity. Like, you know why? You know why Marvel you have not? the credits on bulletproof and <laughs> like, you what know is why? happening in this scene? You know, I have a feeling the reason why you hear because because this is because. This is so much so um, a 2019 contemporary movie, and the kids in it are actually playing to their their quote unquote what they know, and what they know is video games. Oh, good <laughs> point. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so bullet immunity is like that is a very common, common, common term. I so, hadn't thought about that. That's a video good... game culture. So yeah, I was like, yeah, he's been playing way too much games with Eugene. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so um, they um, as we're warping, throwing the um, the bullies out the window. Uh, after that tickles, <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> they drink the beer and immediately spit it back out. That's just like actual vomit and go back in and get snacks because they're kids. Yeah, I know we're telling this story in order, uh-huh. but can we just all agree now? There is not a more perfect actor for this role than Zachary Levi. Yep. Yeah, it, it really, I, yeah, the funny really, thing is this. They auditioned 100 people before they got to him. And, like, yeah. all, everybody the internet thought should play this part, like John Cena and things like that. They all, yeah, they, they all auditioned and they all... That's stupid. Did. Well, because no. here's the thing. Most people only know the character from seeing him in video games or in cartoons. So they thought, you know, like, just get somebody big and, like, have, pretend to be a kid, like, in a goofy way. The, the whole point of the character, especially in this movie, is that yeah, he's playing a kid, but he has to play every emotion a child actually has. You know, yeah. he has to be funny. He has to be endearing. He has, he has to, to be, be angry. Yeah, he has to do the whole thing. And the funny thing is this. So, Zachary actually, they asked him to audition, like, early on in the audition process. He refused to do it because he didn't think he would get it. And then later on, he auditioned to play um, superhero version of Freddie Freeman, the part that Adam Brody ended up getting. I can see that. And they asked him, can you read for the lead instead? And that's how he got the part. Mm. Mm. Which I thought, I thought it, it was interesting. Like that I, with, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Adam Brody? Yeah. It did seem like when they cast him, it, it did feel like as I was watching it, like, oh, this is just the guy that was n- next up to finish his... <laughs> Like, you're the guy that almost got the part and then didn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah. And I love that they're hanging out on, like, the um, on the steps of the Philadelphia Art Museum. And it's like, I see why Rocky trained so hard to get up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, Freddie's talking to Billy and, like, he's like, you know, I like you like this. You know, because, like, I, used to, I just thought before that you were a dick. <laughs> right. And he was, so... Yeah, he was. Right, he was right. And so, like, and so they sneak back into the house because he has nowhere else to go. It's like, normally we have a lair, but that's long-term. <laughs> and I love that they're letting um, Cooper Andrews and Mar- Marta Milans have this scene about talking about how they used to run away and how Mary ran away and how Billy may have run away, but we need to make sure we invite him back with open arms when he comes back. And yeah. as they're doing it, Freddie and Billy are sneaking back into the house. <laughs> what I like too about this is that David Sandberg doesn't waste any scene. <laughs> because, because the scene does, it does, it's, it's, yeah. he's always killing two birds with one stone in every scene, right? right. The scene establishes that both of the foster um, parents were actually in the foster system themselves. Mm-hmm. It establishes that Mary um, was, was essentially kind of like Asher Angel's character, yeah. right? 
with the fact that she's running around because all of that is just Chekhov's gun, right? So that way, when when it's when she when you see her again in the next um, couple of scenes um, later, it reinf- you know she you, you, it makes sense why it's very interesting that she's having these reservations about going off to college, right? Right. And then it also serves to the fact that it's distracting the two parents from the two kids who are who are basically breaking or like they're breaking in to the house essentially when they're talking about accepting uh, Billy if open arms when he comes back. <laughs> and I just thought again that's that is efficiency, right? Oh yeah, big that time. Is, that is, Big efficiency, and uh, he's using all everything that he has, and I just don't see the other the other um, movies that we've seen with the same kind of superhero characters in the DC universe so far. They just haven't been using that. They've been yeah. using scenes to accomplish one thing. And it's like, dude, you could do so much. This is clearly somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. Yeah. That that that's I like that point. That's a really good point. Because yeah, yeah this movie it felt like. Every single line that was said was accomplishing three different things all at the same time. Yeah. And then, and then watching it was just frustrating because you look at all of these other DC movies, and frankly, to a good extent, even a lot of the Marvel movies, and you just think, like, why can't you do this? This is this guy's first time ever making a superhero movie, and he did it first try. Yeah, he did. Gotta give him that. And so, unfortunately, um, as Shazam, Shazam steps on the bum step on the stairs, and, um, and so Freddie has to try to, like, ward off um, Rose of the mom, and then he's, he's like, good night, and she says, good night. I look, every theater I've seen today always goes, oh, they, that's that's one of the biggest laughs, the fact that he forgot that he sounds like that. <laughs> he said good night. Yeah. And so they run to the first open door they can find. So I told you it's a bad idea, and it's Darla's room. And so, Darla. So Billy tries to explain to Darla what happened. He's like, "This wizard brought me, uh, made me look like this." He's like, "Don't start with the wizard. That just confused her." (laughs) (laughs) Some old guy brought me to a temple, made me say Shazam, and then that's when they realize he can change back by burning a hole in the in the roof. (laughs) I liked that too. I liked that they made the lightning, the literal lightning, come every time he said it, and that it had a physical effect on his world. Yeah. And it's a great, and again, it's a great, it's a great um, telegraphing scene, Chekhov's gun, for later on in the movie yeah. when he used it to strike down Savannah. No, not Savannah, the um, the sin that comes out of Savannah. Yeah. Envy. Yeah. yeah. And so now they have to ask Darla to keep a secret. Can she keep, is she good at keeping secrets? Moderately? No. <laughs> and so Billy tells her, like, you know, good sisters keep secrets. He's like, I'm a good sister. <laughs> So the rest of like a lot of the rest of the movie, whenever Billy and Freddie are talking about stuff at the you know, company others, daughters are sitting there quiet, like looking nervous because she's trying to be a good sister. <laughs> um, and so Billy and Freddie start skipping fucking school to hang out and test um the Shazam powers. You know, like um they Shazam takes um the Briar Brothers' um truck and tosses it. <laughs> <laughs> to a keep. <laughs> um, Freddie steals a um, somebody. Somebody, no, yeah. Freddie steals somebody's um, trench coat out of the teacher's lounge. <laughs> he can use it to, so Billy could turn to Shazam and check them out of school. <laughs> that scene was really funny. 
So is this the the uh, security officer you you say that you admire and talk about so much? Oh, that's the other guy. Yeah. This guy sucks. <laughs> Yeah, that was, was vicious. Yeah, I was telling about the business. Thank you, um, Officer yes. Moran. Yeah, it's like it's it's Moran. It's Moran. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, somebody was wondering. This might be too far of a reach. I'm not sure if that was a offhanded reference to Mickey Moran from Miracle Man comics. That's got to be too far. That's, I think that's too far, too. That's got to be too yeah. far. Really quickly. It's uh, maybe a shout out to Tommy Moran. <laughs> but, but that's as far as it's going. Love you, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out to Tommy. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll leave. To, be, to summarize it really quickly, Miracle Man is the UK's version of Shazam Captain Marvel, who was created after the um, the Fawcett DC lawsuit in the 50s. And his, oh, okay. his alter ego is, uh, is Mickey Moran. Who Alan Moore, crazy as Alan Moore, brought back as a yeah. middle-aged adult in the 80s and made this very, very good, but very violent um story about like a modern day mirror. Yeah, it's man. pretty cool. Yeah. Nice uh, yeah. So they they're they're out hanging out, making YouTube videos, becoming a viral sensation. Um, and this funny thing is that most of the trailer comes from this this montage sequence. Like all the stuff about him testing his powers and everything. My favorite moment in this is the um the quote-unquote um, teleportation test that is actually a secret fire immunity test. <laughs> 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 Freddy likes Billy on fire, and then he comes out of the thing, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> he tries to run away. <laughs> And then when they're hanging out and, and Freddy's going to Superman's power, he's like, you know, Superman's more powerful than Locomotive. And and, Freddy, and Billy's like, Locomotive? What are you, some sort of old prize, old Tommy Prospector? <laughs> We can leave top buddies in a single bound. And, you know, Billy tries and he doesn't really make the single bound. He lands in somebody's office meeting on the 39th floor. Like, sorry, sorry, hi, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they played all of that so well. <laughs> they played everything having to do with his ability for flight. Yeah. All yeah. his powers. They played magnificently. The whole montage is is just genius. I, I mean, it's it's something we've seen before, but there's little, he throws in these little, these little fresh little takes on certain things. And it's just, it's beautiful. I mean, I, I love it. It's so, again, so many things you're doing with like, how long is that montage? Like a minute? <laughs> but two yeah, minutes? Like two minutes, two minutes or so. And it's, when, it's, it's funny because you see the, like, the initial teaser trailer and like, it's like, what the? And some people are like, what the fuck is, why is he flossing? What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> and it's all from just this little portion of the movie. You know, but at the same time, it feels like you can go and I, I like that they did it because it feels like you could go and see a Spider-Man movie at this point and they wouldn't they wouldn't spend any time on any powers ever or a Superman movie or every or anything. Right. They just all will be taken as is. But Shazam feels like a character that enough people don't know about. Right. That they can do all this stuff and remind people like why this discovery of powers is so fun in the first place. Yep. And we haven't had that in a superhero movie in a long time. Yep, especially with two kids doing it. Yeah. And uploading everything to um to YouTube <laughs> under every name because they haven't picked a name yet. Uh, <laughs> Thunderclap. <laughs> Thundercracks. Um uh, I saw Zapton America. <laughs> I saw Sparkle Cap Fingers. Uh, Captain Sparkle Fingers. I saw the Captain Thunder, Red Cyclone, 
<laughs> Which that was his original name in the comics, right? Captain Thunder, yeah. Before they did, no, 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 Red Cyclone. Wasn't that one of his names in the comics? Like, no, no, in the Foster. No, so it, that was just another DC character. No, Red is uh, you think of Red Tornado, yeah, oh, that was, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. From, yeah, because yeah. I was here, I saw that when I was seeing it in the theaters. I was like, wait a minute, that was okay, that yeah, makes sense. His original name in the in the Foster comics before publication was Captain Thunder. Right. Which they found that they couldn't trademark, which is why he became Captain Marvel. Okay. Yeah, and DC can't use it now because Roy Thomas, after he wrote Shazam, and then DC basically sort of kind of like played him to the left and fired him, he made a character named Captain Thunder and trademarked it for himself. <laughs> that petty. That's why he did it. Uh, <laughs> and so all the kids at school are watching the YouTube videos, and Freddie's trying to tell her, you know, you should wonder who's filming those things, right? And Billy's getting annoyed. Um, mm-hmm. Freddie tells the Briar brothers that, you know, um, Sir Zapsalot's going to come to lunch t- tomorrow and hang <laughs> out with them because, you know, we're best buddies. And, you know, he, he's really close to me. Matter of fact, closer than you might think, right? This very moment. Mm-hmm. And Billy's sitting mm-hmm. like, why are you doing this? So by by identity's a secret except for when it makes you look good. And so Billy decides that, you know, like he's You just want me for my body. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. And, and so when they go to dinner, they're having this this um this um pissy fight across the dinner table, talking about this everything. Um, you know, like I, you know, like um you know, being a superhero um, um, mentor doesn't mean being clingy. Oh, clingy is what it's called. I think the superhero doesn't appreciate what he has. And, Fred, and Mary and Eugene are watching like, what is going on here? <laughs> and I love how I love how she she literally says later on in another scene, "This is why they were they were arguing like an old married couple." I was like, "Yes." <laughs> Because that's what exactly what I was thinking. I was like, who is Agnes and, J- and, and Jerome? Of- <laughs> and I, I love how Billy finally gets, gets up and um, Victor's like, some we're still eating dinner. And Freddie's like, what he needs is a sidekick. Name one cool sidekick. Somebody in the theater was like, Robert. <laughs> God damn it. I didn't get that in my theater. I did get a few. Get it. Let's get it! <laughs> but no, but no, 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 no names yelled out. Meanwhile, our friend Dr. Savannah shows up to the um the top floor. So it's not explicitly stated out, but after seeing it a couple of times, realized he works at Savannah Industries, but because his dad and his brother hate him, he's not on the board. He's basically whichever Murdoch is the lowest on the totem pole. <laughs> 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 And so he barges into the boardroom and he brings with him the seven sins who he releases and he has them. Uh, <coughs> well, first, he um, gives his bro- his older brother the eight ball. He's like, ask the eight ball if you can throw me out of here, if you're man enough to do it. That was funny. And he's like, let me give you a, I mean, let me spoil it for you. He tosses him out the fucking window. Outlook, yeah. not so good. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but I thought this was going to be one of those petty scenes that I would be like, Okay, that's kind of corny, but I'm sit. Okay, maybe I'm telling on myself, but the 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 acidity of the vengefulness of that act was just perfect for me. Like I was like, listen, listen, listen. Send me to therapy. I I didn't have a problem with the scene. I I, live. Maybe he he should let the other ones (laughs) live, perhaps. But you know, 
But that's in there. The <laughs> and he was like, go ahead. Ask the eight ball whether or not I am man enough to throw you out this window. Ask <laughs> it. He got He's like, mm. listen, yeah, and listen, I, listen. I, I love my family, but if my family, but if I had par- a parent and a brother like that, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mark Strong's comedic timing was really on point in that scene when he was like, "Oh, look, not not so good." <laughs> he he said, like, oh. and so he yeah, reaches that. the sins, and the sins start eating everybody, not just like yeah. attacking him, eating. I leaned over to Kim when we saw it the first time. I was like, "What movie is this? Who told him he could he could do all of this?" <laughs> <laughs> That's my only, one of my few negative things to say about this movie. I thought with this scene, we were about to see it turn like real, real dark. And I was there for it because I enjoyed that scene so much. And then it didn't really. And that was fine. There but are some scenes. I was like, okay, we're about to go to a real dark place. And I'm here. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with you. There were some scenes in this movie where it's just like, it feels like as if David Sandberg is like chomping at the bit, like as if they're, as if they're like he's in restraints and they're holding him back. In the- <laughs> yeah, I was just like David, David, this is a tragic moment. Yeah, and meanwhile he was like, and this creature's stomach is gonna open up and then slash their faces off, and there's gonna be blood and teeth flying. And they were like, uh, we gotta get that PG thirteen, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and so, a funny thing is. So the movie's got like a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, or like a 91. It, it, it's, it's like really high. One of the negative yeah, reviews is from Leonard Malton, who this scene offended him a lot. Oh, God. <laughs> this scene and like the Savannah being abu- like abusive, the young Savannah thing, and like oh, one more scene we'll talk about later because he felt like they were too far. A lot, a lot of people were on, like sort of kind of felt this scene went too far. And it, <sighs> it's funny because... Taking inspiration from Gremlins and the Goonies and Ghostbusters will get you to this point because those movies made parents very angry back in the 80s. Yeah. They're the reason why we have a PG-13 in the first place. Who is signing Leonard Maltin's checks at this point? I don't know. I thought he's... How did he get a chance to review this movie? Hasn't he been dead for 15 years? No, he's still with us. Leonard Maltin is still with us. And I think he works for himself. And I think he's like, he has enough like clout and money as the PO. Works movie. for himself. Like, to, like... Cool, so do I. <laughs> Thanks, Leonard Maltin. Way to go. Jesus. Right, and, I, I, and I do appreciate that like he, um, he, um, he leaves his dad groveling and then and he tells um, Greed, because like that's the one sin he associates with his father, like, Greed, you can have him. <laughs> and you see the sin eat him, and like, as he walks out and gets in the elevator, and the elevator's like, family is so important. Here at Savannah Industries, family is the... <laughs> yeah. As if you, as if you didn't need need that as a, as a telltale clue there that right. yeah, he's right. not really feeling that sentiment at all. Yeah. And so, like, me and Kim were talking about the designs of the Sins. So, like, they are very uh, clearly trying to make them look like like a Gremlins, Gozer sort of a thing, like, on purpose. Like, and I was, like, we, and I was talking to Ali about this too before. Like, I, for the sake of, I guess, creativity, 
I kind of would prefer they let it do in the comics because, like, I saw an interview yes. that that Sam Burke had said that he saw the comic versions. He's like, I want monsters, <laughs> so that's why they did the size this way. Because in the but, comics, a couple of them are monsters. But the rest of them look more humanoid. Like they wear like like these brightly colored like costumes, basically. Yeah, and and this yeah. was an issue that actually my wife pointed out to me was that she she told me that like she could only recognize three of the sins. I completely agree with her. I completely agree. There's seven creatures, and there's I don't seven know who most of them are. Yeah, I mean, you know what the seven sins are called, right. but you don't. You cannot distinguish between them in the movie because they're not standing still. There are yeah. no scenes where you just get to look at them for five seconds because they're always moving and there's always and they cuts. They don't get character moments. They don't get any of that. Yeah, so. yeah. They're not meant to be characters in this version, though. Like, no, sort of but kind of... there's still seven of them and right. they're theoretically all supposed to be diametrically opposed. That, right. And that's the thing. And I was telling, talking to Brandon before and I was telling him that the scenes represent the scenes represent something very powerful in terms of right. of what it means for the, the the antagonist here. And I was saying what you could have done is first of all design them differently, have something distinct about each of them, so that way you can associate the the de- design yeah. with the sin. And some of them did have that. Yeah, pride I has just didn't wings. Feel like it was enough. Wait, what? Yeah, pride has wings. Envy has that was pride. Yeah, pride yeah, but how did you that know that was, was not pride? What you had guessed. How did I see? But I think because I looked, at, I looked at the toys. That's how I should have. <laughs> oh, that doesn't count. Then. So what? I, what I do? I don't mean. I don't mean like what appendage that person has. Like if he has a he has wings, or if he's on all fours. I mean like give it a design. Be creative and think of a design that will that you would associate with with um with the, the sin. So for example, I I was I was able to recognize at least um sloth. Right, the sloth is is tentacle monster. Well, no, sorry, not sloth. I was able to recognize gluttony because it's it's obese and really. Just, it has a gigantic you know, mouth that is goes all the way down to the stomach. Right. Yeah. So that was yeah, the yeah. one I that was the one I could definitely recognize, Agreed. right? And but greedy had four arms. Yeah. Right. Greedy more than the others. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Rap was the. But big, then, like, the when big, big Envy one. came out of Savannah's body at the end. I mean, what is envious like, about this design? Exactly. Yes. I'm. Yes. I'm is with you. The, I don't get it. Ra- Brandon is Brandon is saying that wrath is the biggest one. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I wouldn't. You say so, but if you say so, but how did you know that was the biggest one? They weren't standing right. next to each other. In, ever. In the, yeah. in, at the, as far as the end of the movie, um, Billy says, "You know, wrath. That's, that's, that's the big guy. He's the one he names first. That's the one who knocked him out. <laughs> but, yeah. but he, he doesn't was, give a clear clue. Like he just names all of them. Yeah, he like just says all of that them. That is the. But we're so not that is a, like yeah. shots that." Then show each of those characters. No, no, no he said ra- he said Raph. That's the big guy. Uh, Gluttony, Obby, <laughs> and then he names the others. Right. So, so even um, the filmmakers didn't know which was which. What I would have done is I would have either a um, made all of them. I would have completely overhauled this entire design and just do the designs over again, but to give them specific cues on their body that let me know what scene it is. And what I would do is to give, to make the sin, the actual sin itself, hold more gravity. What I would do is I would have gotten Savannah to send them out to actually do stuff so that way I can see the sin in action. So you use like the power they have in the comics where like yeah, exactly. prideful, prideful, prideful more. maybe makes people yeah. envious yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because I was telling Brandon before um, that 
what's what's threatening about what should be threatening about seven deadly sins isn't so much that they are monstrosities it's what they make people do that's what's actually yeah, scary it should have been yes yeah because what's scary would be if people were turning on themselves because the sins were so they they were they were they were like a poison and they were just sipping into everything mm-hmm. and people start tearing at each other that's the scary thing about it that would have though um that would have escalated the movie to horror so <laughs> i don't think that would be a very good idea <laughs> so i can see that they also would have made the movie longer which i which i think they were probably trying to avoid as well yeah but honestly Better that fun. didn't that didn't kill the movie for me at all it did not kill the movie i was not i was not no, upset no, no. it was just um, and right. it was just yeah that's just a quibble that i have i would have done it differently right so billy decides he doesn't want to go to school anymore and so he goes it goes and busks for money and from taking pictures with people and like going to the um sort of art museum and going um putting on survivor and putting on um, I the tiger hands lightning with my hands. I that was very funny. I was there. I was there. I was right there. I was one of the crowd. That was the scene that Zachary Levi was born for. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's when I. That's I, I'm. I'm about to throw coins at you. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's funny. Because I was wondering, would, can they find a place for him to sing in here? <laughs> they did. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Yep. And then also the little really quick thing with the Dr Pepper thing was like, let there be light, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, but of course, Freddie had promised, of course, the bullies that you know that um, that Billy would show up at Shazam to have lunch. And when he does it, he's faking it out on the phone until some smart little girl behind him talking about he's not talking to anyone. Look, mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> she was like, he ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, <she was> smart <laughs> tail. <laughs> And and he ends up uh, getting a suitcase wedgie from the Briar Brothers, and he shows up to Billy's to Billy on the steps. And, uh, this this poor disabled boy comes over and kicks the fuck out of his uh, front personal speaker. <laughs> he was through. He was through. <laughs> this child has been optimistic for all the movie up until now. Okay, like listen, he's giving you enough rope. <laughs> He's thinking this shit. He said, you know what happened to me today? These two boys took me and gave me a wedgie and walked me down the hall like I was a suitcase. (laughs) He makes jokes out of how terrible his life is. Yeah. That is his sense of humor. (laughs) His sense of humor is my life is terrible. And he's good. But... So that's how serious it is when he shows up to tell Billy off. <laughs> yep. I, the, se- the second part of the scene I'm, I want to get to, but really quickly, of course, Billy's like showing up, like, you know, like um, more lightning tricks. And he strikes a bus by accident and the oh. bus topples over the side of the bridge. And it's I, often when I see this scene in, in like these types of movies, like everybody seems to stay in their seats for some reason. Even though the bus turns like seventy five degrees yeah. t- towards the ground, at least I appreciate in this version that people start flying towards the windshield. <laughs> but you know, Billy ends up catching. Well, first he goes and gets a mattress. <laughs> so I tell him to maximize yeah. him to jump. Where did you get that mattress from? That didn't make no sense. Where did that mattress come from? I listen. I'm sorry, but if this is this that is joke was funny. 
there are parts of this movie where I'm just like, God, if I was at home watching, I would just be laughing at the top of my lungs. Because I was like, where is he going? God damn it, is that a mattress? (laughs) (laughs) Really, though? (laughs) It it, it didn't even look look sanitary. (laughs) It's been been outside for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait. Because the the mattress looked like one of those mattresses you throw out of the... like you put on the side of your on the on this on the um on the driveway so that way it gets picked up by the by the trash. Um, yeah, that's probably, probably what it was. Just never got picked up. <laughs> yeah, and so he stole that mattress before he ever tried to give it to them. <laughs> he just flew into somebody's front yard and was like, "Yeah, that one. Let's go." <laughs> and so he catches the bus to his shock and everybody's shock. I love how they how they um they cut to the scene. His like his his face is against the guy's face inside the bus. He's like, "I can't." I caught it before he could put it down. There's a little doggy sitting there. Bad dog, boo, dog, get out of here. And he puts the bus down. Everybody comes to the bus. He's like, and everybody's thinking, he was like, what's kind of my fault anyway? But thanks, you know, and everything. He's like, Freddie, did you see that? Yeah, you electrocuted the bus and I almost killed all these people. And then I caught it. I caught a bus with my yeah. bare hands. Who does that? Me. Billy, you do nothing. You you show off and, and take people's money and everything. And he's like, you know, like, um, you know, like I was hard on Freddie's side at that point. <laughs> yeah, like you're 14 years old, you're out here, you know, acting the fool, whatever. And Billy's like, you just wish it was you. And he's like, no shit, <laughs> you, oh, I would kill man. to have what you have. My whole entire life is basically trying to get people to notice because everybody wants to look away. You know, and pretend I, I'm not I there. really like I really like this particular yeah. um, dialogue from Freddie because it's like because because Billy seriously thinks it's a it's an attention thing. And it is an attention thing, but not for the wrong reasons. Yes, yes, he would like to be you in his shoes because he knows that he'd be way more responsible. (laughs) Like, he knows he'd be a way better superhero. And more appreciative because, you know, he can't walk without a cane. Yeah, this kid literally moments before, he he walked up to you even more crooked than before because his underwear was in his ass. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and so Freddie walks away and, you know, like, and leaves Billy by himself. And that's when Savannah shows up behind him. And basically, like, oh, you're like a bad guy. Well, you should know that I'm basically invincible. And punches them start, and they get into the fight because, and Savannah explains that the only thing that can, that can extinguish magic is magic because when you punch them, Billy starts bleeding. And that's when Billy punches Savannah in the nuts. Savannah's like, here for that shit. Flies him up into the stratosphere. <laughs> Punches him out, and he's falling. He's like, he's like, I can't fly. I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. Superman, Superman. What arm is it? I don't want to die. Ah! Black screen, and I love that it's held just a second too long. Yeah. <laughs> Before you realize that, you know he he's hovering like an inch off the ground, and he realizes that he can fly. Gets hit by by three cars and falls off the freeway. <laughs> and Puff's like, "I can fly!" And he gets knocked out by Savannah. He, and like, he's really Sandberg is really <laughs> you and these jump scares. Stop it! It's not a horror. Stop that! Stop. And Freddie sees sees Billy. He's like, "Billy, Freddie, I need your help. You can fly." Brow. <laughs> Who's this other guy? <laughs> they end up in the mall. And the, that poor raggedy Santa, who's the little girl's like, he's telling the little girl, he Santa was will, hilarious. Yes. Santa will always be here for you. Two, two superpower people fly out of, of, the, of the ground. Ah! 
tosses that little girl aside. Wow. It's red. Yeah, Heart of a Lion, that that, one. That little girl does not believe in Christmas anymore. (laughs) She doesn't at all. (laughs) Shazam took that away from her. (laughs) She grows up as as a goth. (laughs) (laughs) Then he he lands in in the uh, the dressing room. He's like, I'm just going to chill in here if that's okay. Zabana shows up and throws him into the toy into the toy um the toy section. <laughs> he's throwing out the toys. Get away! All right, Batman. Get him, Batman. Realizes <laughs> that he's trapped and he's standing on. And I love that they did it this way. So when they said they're gonna do a like do the big piano scene, I'm like, nigga, how? <laughs> <laughs> and this is how they do it. Cause Zabana rest of the piano is like, proud. You're right. That was funny. I forgot that they had tried to like let people know that they were going to be doing that kind of scene. Yeah. So then when it started, I was like, "What? What are you doing? You're, what song are they going to play?" And then it wasn't the song. It was just going to be yep. "Run, Run, 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 Run." Yep. It's going to be "Punch Your Ass." Face. That's the name of this song. Yeah. <laughs> and so the only way that Billy escapes is by changing back to his teenage self by saying Shazam and like lightning comes down, he flies into the crowd, which is stuff from the uh, Jeff Johns comic book. Yeah. But. Savannah notices that Freddie is trying to find Billy, and he sees Freddie on the news talking to Billy. I asked Shazam, and he takes, he kidnaps Freddie. Freddie's like, my mind is blank. You won't read my mind. Oh, I don't need to read your mind, because you're going to tell me exactly where Billy is. Yeah. I really like Mark Strong, and that's part of my favorite. This, and then he's, the scene where he shows in the house. Great. He's just a great actor. He, he needs to be in more stuff. Yeah, because Freddie's like, super villain, super villain. No, worse. Much worse. <laughs> <laughs> and so Billy limps back home because, you know, any if he's hurt as Shazam, that means he's hurt as Billy. And I appreciate it. They they kept that in there. He's limping back home. And then Yeah, that was good. Um Victor Reese in the riot act for running away. So this up un- so this starts like my favorite part of the movie. Like this all the way up to basically to the end. Uh, because it starts with it starts with him basically chewing him out. Um, you know, for the whole thing. And meanwhile, the kids are listening from downstairs because they're nosy, like children are. <laughs> and they see the news. Eugene's like, what's Freddy doing with a superhero? And Mary's like, well, what's the superhero doing with Freddy? Oh, we forgot to mention the whole thing with Mary. Uh, do y'all want to say anything else about it? Because we already talked about it pretty much at length. When he saved Mary and, like, she's like, she right. got into Caltech, and she doesn't know she wants to leave the family. And, and he was flirting with her, but y'all want to deny that. I, that's fine. Yeah, we had to disagree with that. It's funny because somebody asked Sandberg on Twitter. He's like, no, that's not what I was going for. We aren't, doesn't we aren't, matter what we, we going aren't for Luke and Leia. It doesn't matter. Yeah, don't Luke and Leia this. Mm-mm, no. And I did forget to mention during the montage that speaking of like um, flirting and things that um, Billy and Shazam did go into the strip club. It <laughs> came out. Oh, said, wow. We're going to need more money. What? They were, man, they were very persuasive in there, too. <laughs> All of that stuff was really funny. And Freddie was, was like, did you see boobies? Did you see boobies? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he said boobies, I was like... <laughs> Like, that's the most he did like, you could yeah. possibly say. Also, I'm like, David, you're an old man. We don't say boobies. <laughs> but that's the point. That's the point. He's writing for this 14-year-old. So it's like, no, you nailed it. Do you see boobies? 14-year-old wants boobies. <laughs> As Mary, that's when Mary's like, but getting back to like, when they're listening from downstairs, Mary's like, remember when Billy and Freddie were arguing at the dinner table the other day? Like an old married couple. <laughs> Just like this. And she's like, but do you get it? Like, Eugene's like, wait, so you mean that 
Billy is the superhero? Darla's like, yes, yes, you figured it out. I did the break any promises. Wait, you knew? I'm a good sister. <laughs> <laughs> she was so great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so after the parents um, come out of Billy's room, they go in and they basically tell him that, you know, we know that you're the superhero. And he's like, wait, why, do you, why does Pedro have my notebook? And they explain that, well, we finished your search. Like Eugene hacked into some databases and he found all, you know, tried, he found Billy's parents. You know, Billy's dad's in prison in Florida and the mom, he's like, wait, my mom, where is where she's dead? She's two subway stops away. And Billy bolts out of the house and, because he, after he turned back, you know, like the whole thing of like, he doesn't want to be Shazam anymore, you know, because, you know, that means finding Savannah. So he bolts out of the house as Billy. The parents take off after him in the, in the van, so Mary and the others stay behind. And unfortunately, that's when Savannah shows up with Freddie. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, oh shit!" <laughs> As Billy goes to see his mom at her apartment, Ugh. and so this was the scene where I was like, okay, I would never have had the balls to write this. So I'm too attached to source material to have ever done this. But this is an excellent way of changing the source material to make the theme of the movie stand out a lot better. So Billy basically learns from his mom that she intentionally abandoned him when he was four. When he when she noticed that that she was gone, that he was gone and saw and saw that the police had picked him up the lost and found, she turned her heels and walked away. And I was like, this woman is trash. <laughs> She's yeah, such man. trash. And she doesn't want him back now. Because her and her new man, Travis, are building oh, life together. Don't get me started on Travis. <laughs> this is not a good time for me. Woman, that's your child. <laughs> How is it not a good time? How long have you been with Travis? He was offering you nothing. You are working at a job where you are still serving people with your name on a tag on the front of your company shirt. Shut the fuck up. Travis ain't helping nothing. Shut the fuck up. I'm real mad. <laughs> <sighs> so y'all, so y'all, so, so I got it out. I was saying, because don't, don't, don't keep it all in. Don't keep it all. When, in. I, when the first time I saw it in the theater, I literally had to turn. I turned my head away from the screen. I was like, I can't look at her. I can't look at her. What the fuck? Who does this to the child? Who does this to Billy Batson? <laughs> and poor Asher Angel, because when they first cast him, I went to watch Andy Mac. I was like, Oh Christ, this child can't act. Somewhere between Andy Mac and this production, he learned to act. Praise God. Because <laughs> he sold the scene. Because you see his little poor little heart breaking in the, in the sequence. <laughs> and just the worst part is when uh, he's like, well, I just want to let you know that I'm doing good. But I think that's my real family. And he gives her the confidence because he still has it. And she's like, what's this? And yeah. just, that's, like, that's like twisting the knife. It's like, <laughs> he's like, I think you need this more than I do. And he walks away. And she sort of lingers in the doorway as he's walking away and like sort of kind of out of focus in the background and she just slowly closes it. Like that whole thing. I was like, who told them to make This Is Us? It's <laughs> Who told them to write real characters yeah, and real emotions and turn there. <laughs> I was like, is this a still a DC movie? <laughs> All right, so Henry Gaiden wrote this version of the screenplay. He he deserves credit for writing the scene. 
because this doesn't come from anything else. He made this shit up himself. <laughs> I mean, they had to have something there. Yeah, they did. That, that was an excellent scene. And then Fred, then Billy gets a call from Freddie, but it's not Freddie. It's Savannah. Come home, Ooh. Billy. Come home. And so he runs about on the rooftop, and that's the scene from the trailer when he jumps off the roof and says, Shazam! Every time that happened in the movie, it was fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you imagine, though, if you had that power, would you actually be able to just jump off the fucking roof? <laughs> um, I would not have that kind of power. Um, I just, just learned I can fly. No. Not, not only that, I'm thinking to myself, at first I was like, man, that's a lot of guts. But then I realized, dude, mere seconds ago, the, the, the goal, the end goal of one of the biggest obsessions of my life just rejected me. Fuck all. I'm going to jump off <laughs> I'm surprised he even yelled Shazam. Like, his mother that he's been searching for for yeah. the past 10 years rejected him. Yeah. And fall that 20 stories. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? If I can't, if I can't do this other thing, <laughs> then, well, it doesn't matter anymore. Then let me just die. Yeah. So he, he flies home, and Mary's like, who are you? What do you want? Well, what I want is, and then he lands, that. <laughs> I love that Pedro kick his ass Billy and all the other kids like you're talking <laughs> and so he and so like um and so um Billy comes in at Shazam and um and Savannah's like good boy because that's all you are isn't it how old are you <sighs> basically 15 and I love that he takes he takes Shazam by the head and so he's like look at this when the wizard when I came to the wizard as a child he said I wasn't good enough what makes you so special? You're a coward. Why, why did he pick you? <laughs> oh, I loved all of that stuff. I mean, what part of that is oh, wrong? Him calling, I mean, is he lying? So great. He's not is lying. Is he lying? He's not lying. He's like, <laughs> right? he's like you're no hero. No, exactly. It worked. Yeah. He's, you're no hero, but I'm going to give you the chance to That's be That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and so he, yeah. he basically tells him, like, because he told him before he wants the power. So he's going to take him back to the Rock of Eternity, and they're going to exchange the power. He's going to give the power up, and Sylvain's going to have the power, because the idea is that since told him that he has the power to destroy Savannah, he just doesn't know mm -hmm. it yet. Mm-hmm. And he has to find where that power comes from. Right. And so they go to the rock and, like, um, all the sins jump out of, his, out of Savannah's body. And, and Billy's basically, like, some I remember that pointed this out as well, that it's Billy, not Savannah, who gives the we're, we're not that much different speech that the villain usually gives in these movies. Because it's like, mm -hmm. you know, little daddy Savannah and little Billy Basson are, are almost the same person. Like, Savannah yeah. wasn't a bad kid. He wasn't, like, you know, everything. Like, it's just that he didn't have a support system. The Billy, big difference between Billy and, and Savannah is that Billy has a support system that shows up with a batarang, a lamp, and a few, and an um, a AP calculus book, and a few <laughs> other things to start throwing at Savannah's head. <laughs> I love so I love first the batarang because you know you know it's Freddy, and then you, you get that, and it's all the kids are back there, and, and Darla's like, and we're gonna keep throwing things at your big fat ugly head until you let our <laughs> brother go. <laughs> and because all the sins are at Savannah's body, the batarang actually cuts skin, and Billy notices it, and then when the sins go back into his body, the, the wound heals. So he takes the batarang, though, and, and, and stabs him in the back and tosses him aside. He's like, I am so glad I did not sell that batarang. <laughs> Jeez. And You're still trash for stealing it. 
And he's like, he's like, Pedro, is that a lamp? It's a, oh, it's an ugly one. But he, come on, let's get out of here. And I, I love that, like they're doing this, this chase through the Rock of Eternity. I was like, because this is exactly what I've always wanted to see, like, and with Savannah behind them, and they cut to the parents back at the house, like. Where's everybody? Mary, Freddie? Why's this door <laughs> <Yeah>. open? <laughs> and then what come, is going on yeah, here? They come back to their children somewhere in another goddamn dimension running from them, this, uh, this killer. <laughs> and then they find out, like, the little, the hallway of all the doors. And, like, they started, because they can't find one back to their house. So they start opening random doors in the Rock of Eternity. Always a bad idea. <laughs> I love that Eugene opens up a door and you see the crocodile man from the comics. That was inside the door. Um, and director's cameo, all three of them are played by David F. Sandberg. Like they made one, uh, they made one crocodile costume he wore, you know, for all for three takes. You know, Pedro opens up a door and like and like a monster who's like a monster from like um, M. Night Shyamalan movie comes out of it. Darla opens up one that basically looks like it's going to Siberia. <laughs> but he's like, no more doors. Stop opening doors. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping they were going to show us a few more villains, though. Like, they could have just real quick, like, shown us Dwayne Johnson behind one of those doors. They could have, but I feel like that was Dwayne Johnson's prerogative. Sure, but <laughs> at the same time, we're making this Shazam movie, whether you like it or not, Dwayne Johnson. So you might you as well show, show up. behind this door. <laughs> Who's behind door number three? It's The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, uh, Mary asked, so how do we get out of here? Billy tells him when I, when I first got here, I just thought about the subway. I was on the subway. And so it was like, think of some place, any place other than here. And so he teleports them to the strip club. You <laughs> <laughs> had to think about somewhere else. Mary's like, really, Billy? It's the first place you think of? He's like, you're welcome. Well, I mean, first of all, props to her indignation. Like <laughs> she was so indignant. I loved it. She was indignant because she's she she's grabbing on to that poor baby. Like as if like Why can't I child. see anything? You are not old enough. Old enough to know that was good music. And she wanted the glitter. <laughs> I want some glitter. Yeah, she yeah. The they have glitter. I want glitter. Can I have some glitter? Not from them. <laughs> and then okay, so the, the article. Um, <clears throat> so, Eugene's... You, so, Pedro's talking to Eugene, and his, one of his other few lines he has, he looks at Eugene, he's like, he shrugs, he's like, not my thing. And so, yeah. I missed it the first time I saw it. second time I saw it, uh, he said it, I was like, are they trying to imply that Pedro's gay? <laughs> and, or not. Or the correct term is, he's just not Not straight. straight. And so I... Or he's um, just a teenager and doesn't know what he's into yet. So or he's any number of things. It could be any or number of things, not- however, comma. But... Apparently, yeah. they asked Sandberg and the producer, Peter Safran, before the movie came out, like, last week, and they said, one of the kids is LGBTQ. You will find out when the movie comes out. So apparently, Pedro is either... He's either asexual or gay. He's clearly... He's not supposed to be straight. Which it definitely feels like they're trying to have their cake and, and eat, eat it too. You know? Yeah, like it's like, like that's I like that they're doing this, but the fact that he has a line that's <laughs> basically nothing is kind of like, all right, y'all, but like just do it. Just either do it or don't do it. We don't care that much. Like make it happen right. or don't make it happen. Yeah, def- definitely Honestly, agree. I didn't 
honestly, I didn't, I didn't mind it because again, it's one of those things where it's like they you slip it in so that way when when you do decide that if you want to explore it more in the next movie, yeah, people people won't have the the liberty of going, hey, you just you didn't even like call attention to that before. <laughs> You never telegraphed this in the first movie, and he'll be like, "Aha!" But I did because you weren't paying attention. Yeah, and actually, yeah. I feel like it puts the owners more onto the comic than it does the movie at this point. Because in the in, Ooh, that's in, a good point. Because in the comic, you know, Pedro the same way he's very quiet and everything doesn't really talk to anybody about anything. So after this, I assume I'm going to see Jeff Johns address it in the comic at some point or former fashion, like. And we'll see what happens with that. I just know that they they need to have an LGBT character in these Marvel, or no, I'm sorry, in these uh, movies, because once Marvel has full control of the X-Men, at the very least, they're doing it with Iceman. Right. So get on it now. Be the first now. Like, you can't half-step it with this one-line thing. You get probably do. There, have it you done. Probably- and do yeah, it. I agree. I you agree probably don't that. want to. You probably don't want to seem like the the um, the studio who's trying to copy Marvel. So just right. do it now. So when Marvel does it, they'll be like, "Well, we already did it before," and you know, just yeah, handle handle it in a very careful way first. Yeah, yeah. Be, Marvel be, will be like Jay Z. Yeah, be careful. Don't, they, don't, they made it a hot line. We yeah. made it a hot movie. Yeah, be careful. Don't send Pedro to the Eagle just yet. Don't do anything nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we, uh, we're not. No. I just yeah. want him to be the best character that he can be. And if they're going to spend their time... Without leather. Without leather. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, no. No, <laughs> Lord Jesus. Tumblr's going to be a mess by tomorrow. It's already started, just so you know. Um. <laughs> oh, they're going to love it. As well they should. But that's why they need to just go ahead and say yes and go for it. Let let the man be a man. Let him live. Right. And so Savannah burst out of the strip club as well. Um, yeah. That's a funny six. Who was also not interested, and yet nobody is talking about that. <laughs> He's interested in killing these goddamn children. <laughs> and so they, they run and they happen to like go high in the winter in the winter carnival, which I love like the um lining up with, you know, that's where Billy first got lost years ago. Yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, the Philadelphia Winter Carnival. <laughs> He's like, act natural, um, like kids at a carnival. <laughs> and then because yeah. everybody sees, you know, him at Shazam, they, you know, oh, look, this is a superhero guy. So he turns back to Billy to try to run and hide, which I, I love because the comics have gotten away from this, like the whole idea of him changing in like plain sight because mm-hmm. nobody can see through the lightning or whatever. And nobody expects like a child to be the, the alter ego. In the old comics, he do that all the time. He would just change yeah. people like, where'd that kid go? Because they never clicked to them what was going on. I love that they inc- they did that this way here. And so Savannah's up there like, champion. Or I shouldn't even call you that. You don't deserve that title. You Because deep down inside, you're just a scared little boy. <laughs> Billy's like, well, well, Freddie, you want me to be a, uh, be a hero, right? And Freddie's like, but you can't go fight that guy. He's got multiple spirit entities. He has the same powers as you. You're my best friend and I don't want you to die. <laughs> And then, and then Billy's like, you know, if a superhero can't save his family, he's not much of a hero. That was actually a decent catchphrase. Because <laughs> the whole movie, they're trying to come up with catchphrases for him. So you but here's the thing. It wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't a decent catchphrase. 
That was a shit catchphrase. <laughs> but they're trying to sell it that way. That was the, that was one of the few things in the movie where I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and so he turns to Shazam, goes up to go and fight Savannah, and then like, um, even though he gets a, he he gets a good lick, you know, Savannah. Savannah summons Raph, who starts punching, who punches Billy into a um into the like the little the dart thing that his mom was um playing ten years ago, the um the balloon dart um game, where he is the um the dad who runs in his little girl, and he gives the little girl the t- tiger talky tiny tiger doll, and he's like, just hold on Love tight to it. this, yeah, everything's gonna be okay, I promise, and jumps out to go and fight um. Um, the raft, which of course, this is when he learns that the sins can turn like um intangible, which which this one uses to basically throw him around like um Hope did Loki. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, the kids are on the sidelines. He did that on purpose, right? Pony Smasher did that on I'm purpose. I'm sure he did. Right? <laughs> and meanwhile, the kids realize that you know he keep um Savannah keeps these um demons inside his eye. And if he if there, he doesn't have him inside the eye, that we can he's just an old man. So Mary so Mary starts like, hey, over here, we're gonna divide and conquer. Which maybe y'all should have thought that through a little bit more because he the sense immediately come and start picking the children off. Oh, it's like what you were trying to do, but um they, there wasn't much of a fight. <laughs> you guys are kids, they're demons. <laughs> um and meanwhile, um, Shazam turned back to Billy to try to escape from from Raph, and then like um, Raph smashes up like the, um, the little penguin exhibit or whatever it is, and Billy falls in the water. And Savannah comes over to choke him and tries to choke him, like keep him under the water. Mary fires the BB gun at him, and Savannah catches it with the other hand, which allows Billy to come up and turn back to Shazam, only to discover that all his brothers and sisters have been kidnapped by the sins, and Savannah's um, going to kill them all, starting with Darla. And so he pretends like he's going to give up his power. Before he remembers what the wizard said about, you know, um, I open my heart to you, Billy Basson. Um, the throws of my brothers and sisters um, have been empty and they await um, new champions, which is when he realizes that he can share his powers. He knocks Savannah out, takes the um, the ma- wizard's magic staff and tells all the kids, you know, little thing they do when they say grace at the table, like all hands on deck. He's like, say my name. Billy! No, 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 not that <laughs> name. Say the name. I turn, turn to this guy. Say that name. Oh, oh. Shazam! And then every time I see it, everybody's like, wait, what? What's, what's, wait, are they, are they? And then they cut back, of course, and, the, and this is where the big spoiler reason why they didn't promote the fact that these children were in the damn movie in the first place because they all become superheroes. I was pretty surprised that they actually, that, that actually happened in this first film than later on in the series. I was pretty surprised by that. I knew eventually they would get there. But I was pretty surprised they did it in this first one. And I, I, since they were adapting that Jeff Johns comic, I, I I knew they were going to do it. I'm just surprised they kept it a secret up until the actual release. Of the film. They did a good job of that. <laughs> because like um, everybody who's playing one of these people is is famous for something else. Like Michelle Borf, who plays Mary Marvel, she's in Hawaii Five-0. Adam Brody is fucking Adam Brody from the OC. He's playing Freddy. Uh, Megan Fucking Good is playing Darla. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. DJ Cotrona, who is not actually Latino, he is Italian, um, <laughs> is playing Pedro. And Ross Butler from Riverdale and 13 Reasons Why is playing Eugene. And so all these ki- all the kids realize that they have powers. And, and which power they... So in the comic, 
the power, like, each kid has a specialization power that's sort of kind of problematic. Like, Eugene, the Asian one, can talk to computers and me- mechanics. Pedro, the Latin one, he's super, super strong. And Darla, the black one, is super, super fast. And here, it's a little bit handled a little bit better in the far as it's more based on pre-established personality traits. Freddie's obsessed with flying, so he flies all the time. Darla's a motor mouth, so that's why she's fast. And they established that, that Pedro likes to lift weights, and so he, that's why he's strong. Yeah, and, I did and, like all that stuff. As opposed to, like, really talking to um, machines, Eugene just blasts lightning because he plays video games all the time. And so he literally at one point does a Hadouken, and the entire theater fell out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so while the kids fight the rest of the sins, um, Billy goes and fights Savannah, and they're grappling in the air. He's trying to grab at his eye and everything. They're chasing through the buildings. Like, it's like a little Bugs Bunny scene where he's like, they're like flying by, and I was like, he disappears. He's behind them. <laughs> he's like, enough games. I'm going to make the whole world suffer. And I, wait, what? Everything's going to fall and crumble because I, I can't hear you, dude. You're like a mile away from me. He gives some type of evil bad guy speech as I feast on your heart. Oh, whatever. Screw it. I feel like <laughs> as if they really they went they went that far in in that part. And I was like, um, I was in the theater. And I was like, you know what? No one's ever actually called that out in a movie. Yeah, because like when they're always like a mile away doing like the big villain yeah. speech. <laughs> no. Like calls that out, and I'm like, wow, that's, uh, y- y'all should have, y'all should have done that. There's cars and trucks, okay? <laughs> it's insane. But um, oh, Brandon, um, Adam had to leave, by the way. Okay. Um, so yes. yeah, he's. Oh, my bad. Yep. Anything you wanted to say really quickly before we finish up the um the thing? Uh, No, thank you very much, everybody. Uh, thank y'all both for having me. Uh, anybody that's listening, buy my album. It's called Holy Ghost. It's on CD, baby. Look for the Duval spit. It was the best rap album of 2018. And if you don't believe me, that's all the more reason that you should purchase and listen to it. Absolutely. Thanks so much, man. That's it. And, <laughs> yeah. Hey, and shout out to uh, Treble Free. Um, that's my main man right there. He's the first person to ever put me on. And I know that he has been on y'all's show before. So yeah, yeah. Shout out to Greg. Shout out to Treb, man. You're the best guy. And my heart goes out to you. Love you, brother. All right, man. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, you have a great day. And make sure, Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Make sure to send me all the info so I can put it into the show notes as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. we Will do. Bye, everybody. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Really quickly to wrap up the um, the synopsis. So each each of the kids is fighting a sin. Uh, Freddie is fighting pride. And, you know, he's like, you know, he's like, um, you're the first supervillain I've ever fought. It's kind of a big deal for me and everything. And... Their fight leads them past the uh, Ferris wheel because Savannah had struck the Ferris wheel with his lightning and basically to try to threaten Billy to come out of hiding. And of course, Freddy's bullies, the Briars, are on the Ferris wheel. <laughs> you know, hang on to what? To the car, you idiot. And of course, Freddy is end up saving them, giving them suitcase wedgies. Mm-hmm. Dar- um, Darla's running over and, and like using her super speed to like catch people as they're falling. Hi, I caught you. And she, she, she saves Santa Claus from one of the, um, the sins. And he's like, wow, it's really you. I just want you to know my name is Darla and I've been really good. <laughs> All right, Megan. <laughs> she was so good in this part. Like, she's actually acting for once. 
Like, <laughs> this is a backhanded compliment, and I apologize. But like, I mean, she's been in so many other things. It's just like she, they always seem to ask her to play the same part in everything. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but now they're giving her something to do, some range. Yeah, um, she did a good job of 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 basically analyzing Faith Herman. Yeah. Um, she that I can totally imagine Faith Herman, and I imagine and Brennan like like. Jump in and correct me, but I feel like for some a scene like that, what they would probably have done is ask Faith to pre- basically act out this part, and then have Megan then come in and be like, "Megan, you see how Faith does that? We need you to basically affect that sort of personality." They probably would have rehearsed together, right? Like, okay. um, like like Asher and Zach rehearsed together, but they only had like a day and a half. They said they didn't have a lot of days because Asher had to go back to Utah to film more of Andy Mac. And so, like, okay. they probably, like, probably had similar, like, like each kid probably had a day to rehearse. Like, they certainly became Instagram friends with their other self, I noticed. <laughs> each one. Uh, Eugene is, you know, doing video game moves on, um, on uh, since Mary's fighting the tentacle monster. Pedro is hoarding up the, um, the Ferris wheel. He's like, I got it. I got it. Oh, my God. I do got it. Until Raph comes over and knocks him away. You guys check out these guns. And I did notice that they gave him a little bit, a little gut. They did? They did. <laughs> okay, if you say so. They gave him a little gut. Like not a lot of good. Because, like 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 a like a Roy gut, it looks like. <laughs> uh, because because here's the thing, like when I look at the when I look at the comics, um, you know, it it really does look like they they modeled him to look more like a power lifter. Yeah, so Gary Frank's design is a power lifter, where this is clearly like a big yeah. guy, like a, with a big waist, but like even bigger, like shoulders and everything. Um, yeah. Dale Eagleson's design is the guy who has, he's got like a 30 inch waist and like 30 inch arms. Like he's yeah. got like gi- gigantic arms. Yeah, let's do <laughs> Like just, we can just have him be, yeah. <laughs> like, like I, the one thing I would have, I would have liked another ping, you know. Just another slight thing for me is I would have really liked a range in body types, but I understand that you know when it comes to things like a movie it's or Hollywood. any sort of uh, yeah, you have to get the right actor first, and then you can con- and then you can think about the other details. It's if this person can do this job, and then can we do something about their appearance to um, perhaps. You know, make them meet the the particular um, you know visual needs of that character. Right. So, yeah. Right. And so, at the, so at the end of Billy and Savannah's fight, basically, um, and this is where he finally uses the wisdom of Solomon. Um, Ashazam basically he taunts Savannah into um, he's like because the only sin left in Savannah's body, the only one that's giving him power is envy. And so he's like, seven deadly sins, right? He runs through him. He's like, but where's the little man? Where's Envy? You know, is he afraid of my family because we're so awesome? You know, the other sins are big, big and scary, but Envy, he's just a runt. You know, like, he's like, um, that's why the other sins don't let him come. That's why the other sins don't let him come out to play, man, because nobody wants to hang out with small, useless, worthless Envy, which, of course, draws Envy out of Savannah, leaves Savannah falling to his death. Billy um, Shazam turns back to Billy so he can get um, who he can like at least incapacitate the sin he goes turns back to Shazam and goes and saves Savannah from falling at the last second 
and flies him back to the um the fair, pulls the eye of sin out of his eyeball, collects all the sins and everything. And he says, you know, what's good is having power if you have no one to share it with. And all the other kids fly over. And then that's when he does the whole thing where he's like, he looks at the eye, the little the eye of sin. He's like, Wait, what's that? I can have anything I want. And they're like, no, Billy, no, no. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and all that Mary isn't laughing. Like, they're keeping the characterization. Mary's like, that's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> the rest of them are all like, cracking up. <laughs> you think I'll put this, this, this thing Demon into my ball eye? to my eyes? Disgusting. And all the all the, the people at the carnival come over and they're all, and they're happy. And the little girl and his her dad and the tiger doll. And they're like, we mm-hmm. did it. We're heroes. And then, and then the the very brown um um gingerbread man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what you're saying, a steamboat, the gingerbread man. Yes. That's raggedy of you. <laughs> that is steamboat. That is steamboat. That's a dark-skinned gingerbread man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is not Steamboat. Um, and so, you know, the lady's doing the uh, news report the next morning. And she's like, we have an eyewitness account from what happened. And it's Santa Claus because of a storm on the TV. I was <laughs> not ready. It was... What is going... What the... Not Santa... <laughs> oh boy and Billy is the one who says the grace he's like you know like thank, thanks for this food thanks for this day thanks for this family this time I thought I'd stay and I'm sitting there like <laughs> Cooper Andrews was so happy <laughs> they were all so happy and then we cut back to school for the last scene like you know all the kids shun Freddie now he's not popular after the whole thing where Sir Zaps a lot didn't show up to, to lunch so, like, he sits at one table and all the kids clear out. But then all his siblings show up and he's like, wait, what are you guys doing here? Except for Billy, of course. And they're like, well, you know, you have, have, you have different lunch periods than I do. Well, we made a special arrangement. And Shazam shows up and sits with Freddie. tells all, all the kids, Freddie Freeman is my best friend. And, you know, my best buddy in the whole world. He taught me everything I know about being a dope superhero. You know, and all oh, these nice kids, I... Don't know, but I'm meeting for the first time, but who seemed nice. <laughs> I can't stand him. <laughs> he tries so hard. It's like, it's like this story, every, every, every lie he's ever told, it's always been some extra shit. <laughs> I found another friend that's okay. And then, of course, Superman shows up, shown from the neck now. <laughs> and that's I know. Very good reaction from Freddie. Yeah, that's a like, very and then, and then the movie yeah. ends on the reaction, which I love. Um, uh, Zach, Zachary Levi's stunt double, um, Ryan Hanley, who also played um, uh, Zoom in The Flash season two, he plays Superman for that scene. Oh. Yeah, but I thought that was a really good... I thought that was a really good reaction from Freddie. When yeah. he's just like, oh! <laughs> it's just like, he would do that. Like, from all the movies, <laughs> the entire movie, now, and that is a very perfect... Like, that's a very believable... Reaction. Yeah, it is. So. Then we get the um the, the the credits, which I was kind of upset that the other kids didn't get single car billing. I know that's a nitpick that goes into probably into like um payment and uh, agent shit, but 
I really wanted them to all get single card Billy because the only one who gets it besides Billy, of course, is Freddie. And it which means that Adam Brody gets single card billing as well because they play the same character. Everybody else, well, at least it makes it to where they can show the character, the kid and their superhero counterpart at the same time in little in little uh, cartoon credit sequence, where they're basically hanging out with the just the Justice League. Um, hmm. and then we get the mid credit sequence where Savannah's trying to um, remember the symbols, but he can't remember them anymore. And so no doors are opening up. He's written across this entire uh, cell wall. <laughs> he's, he's in prison. And he's like, no! Nah! And then you hear a little mechanical voice. <laughs> little monkeys with your cave drawings. There are other ways to get magic. What? And then he, and then Savannah looks around can't see anybody. But he sees, is that a caterpillar? What in God's name? Uh, I named the God's doctor, not the other way around. Oh, what fun we're going to have. The seven realms are ours for the ticking. <laughs> that's when I knew. <laughs> that's when I knew that this movie was, was perfect. That's when you knew Pony Smasher loved you. That's when I knew that, <laughs> that I too could have all of my things. <laughs> And, and, I, and there is nothing in this world that <laughs> cannot be through Christ. <laughs> and Pony Smasher does the voice of Mr. Mind himself. <laughs> because I, the moment it started talking, you could hear that it's obviously a voice over a walkie-talkie mm-hmm. of some kind. Speaking of which... Props to them for using the word walkie-talkie, but for Billy not realizing that, police don't say walkie-talkie. Yeah. Walkie-talkie, how do you? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, the moment he started talking, you could hear that this is something over a radio, like they're static. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Jesus, please, God, don't make this be a fake-out. Because <laughs> Lord knows that he's, David Sandberg has put a lot of fake-outs in this movie. Don't make this be a fake-out. Just do it. Like, so he's looking around the room and you don't see a thing. And I'm just like, you don't see a thing because you're not looking what you're supposed to be looking at. And then they reveal to you, lo and behold, that there is a worm on a ledge. It is talking. With a talk box. <laughs> and it lights up as he speaks. <laughs> he's just like... That's movie. And he's just like, oh, what fun. <laughs> he says that and I was just like <laughs> because that's how he sounded in the cartoon you showed me because <laughs> he yeah. sounds for the listeners so- I showed Ali an episode of Batman the Brave and the Bow where Mr. Mind shows but that's the first time he ever had heard of Mr. Mind and he instantly fell in love when he <laughs> Mr. Mind being in that episode acting a fool <laughs> yeah and I, we forgot to mention that when um, Savannah first comes to the Rock of Eternity in the 70s, Mr. Mind is there um, encased in a glass, in a little glass um, case. And then when Billy comes decades later, the case is broken and Mr. Mind is gone. <laughs> so good. Like, he's, he sounds just the right amount of condescending. <laughs> Like he was, and he talked in such a confident, such a confident, controlled voice, where he's just, everything, every word, it was so, was so like, yeah, 
it was just, it was beautiful. Good job. <laughs> oh, what fun we're, we'll have. <laughs> he said, so I'm just like, <sighs> wow. And then we get, um, so I did want to mention, I forgot to mention on the Captain Marvel review, um, the score for, for Captain Marvel and for Shazam, the scores are excellent. They're like the kind of old-fashioned superhero thing that I really love to have in movies like this, that they don't do anymore because everything's bloops and bleeps and electronics. I love electronic music a lot, but, you know, every now and then I have to just have that, that itch for like a nice orchestral score. So I wanted to mention that um, Pinar Toprak did the score for Captain Marvel. She's the first woman to score a superhero film. Uh, Benjamin Wallfish did the score for Shazam, which is clearly based on like a blend of like John Williams, Superman, and Star Wars scores, and Alan Silvestri's scores for um, Bats to the Future. And like, it really make, makes the whole vintage feel of the movie sell that much better. And speaking of vintage, can I just say that there are a lot of shots in this movie where like for all the shit people were talking online about the blue, um, the secret, uh, what do you call them, spy photos that Zach really bought on the set of Shazam in his costume. On in the movie, there are shots where he looks exactly like if CC Beck had drawn, like if that character had come to real life back in 1942. Like the hair, the eyes, the everything. Like there's there's there, there are parts of this movie he looks absolutely fucking perfect. Like especially like the scene where he's doing like the lightning on the um on the uh the jungle gym. Just the look in his eyes and everything. I'm like, that is what Captain Marvel, Billy Bats, and Shazam looks like. Like perfectly captured. Yeah. I I without the comic book knowledge, I thought that this movie could stand alone just by itself. I didn't need to know anything about Shazam, and I would still have liked this movie. And the movie, the movie tells you everything you need to know, anyways, which is great. Yeah. And it, the, really quickly, the post-credit sequence is of, um, of course, it's basically an outtake. It's um, Freddy trying to test if Shazam can talk to fish, and I love he's like. Hang in there, little buddy. It's going to be okay. You're going to find somebody. You know what? Because there's plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> I told you it wouldn't work. Mm-mm. What can I do with talking to fish that's cool? Or oh, I don't know. Maybe command an army of billions of them? Hell yeah. Well, that's not so cool. Which, of course, is a jab at Aquaman, which is Peter Sanford's other DC movies produced. And that's it. Uh, wait, crap. Ali, you still there? Yes, I'm right here. Oh, you, you fell quiet. I'm sorry. Um, that's it. Uh, we've been recording this way too long. It's like Sabrina levels of um podcasting today. Uh, which we will be take which we we will be reviewing. Yes, we will. Very- as soon as I get because- through. The last few episodes of Miss Wartwell acting a fool, trying to trying to um, destroy this child's dreams and hopes. Because that that is that move that that season is a whole mood. <laughs> <laughs> season is a whole mood. <laughs> like because Brandon Brandon had the nerve. Brandon's in the chat, and he's just like, this, this, is Satan a series regular? <laughs> yeah, because he showed up in every episode. Like, who promoted him to series regular? <laughs> Because she's in every other episode, okay? <laughs> she is everywhere. 
She really is. She really is. Like, what? what what's going on here? <laughs> what's, what's going on? Why are you in every other scene, Satan? Like, <laughs> you just... But yeah, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, you can find our show at SSMPodcast.com. You can find us on all social media under the handle at SSM Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, and tune in and everywhere else podcasts can be found. This has been the Safe Spin Nice Podcast. I am Brandon. Zoe. And thanks to our special guest, Duval Spit, aka Adam. And we will see you guys next time. Yeah, really quickly, I forgot to mention, I might, I might tag this, this part starting here on the NC in the review. Because I started a search in my Twitter, in my tweet deck feed for it. I loved Rosa's um, sticker on the back of the van, of the, of the family van. The, um, I'm a foster mom. What's your superpower? Yeah, a little. A little I love that. Mom. I really love that. That really just made me happy. This is a very cute little thing. I'm looking at somebody added Pony Smasher and said, um, they took their, it's um, Eric Vespe. He said he took his nephews, eight and 11, to see Shazam today, and they both went crazy for it. Right after the pre-credits opening sequence, the, young, the younger one whispered to me, this is the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> well done, Pony Smasher and Zachary Levi. <laughs> wow. So, okay, I'm glad we're recording. I forgot to mention it. So do we always talk about boss office shit. Just really quickly, I'm sure this episode's going to be three hours long anyway, even the Shazam part. Uh... Shazam made a little bit more than it was expected to make, which was they made it made $53 million opening weekend. It was they expected to make 40. That was what their um projection was for. And some people are talking about why didn't it make, you know, Captain Marvel mo- mo- uh, money or you know, Avengers money. That's because you remember y'all hate DC movies. Remember, they're all terrible. The public perception is that they're all terrible. And to be quite frank, um, I think Warner Brothers is not promoting movies with the same fervor anymore that they used to before the AT&T buyout. Because, like we noticed this with um, the Lego movie, they barely did, like, that kind of heavy ads for it. With Shazam, they barely did. Like, there's no character posters for Shazam, which I thought which hurt my heart. Uh, Detective Pikachu comes out in a couple of weeks. They aren't really promoting that, that heavy beyond just showing the trailer. I'm assuming they're going to do some sort of blowout thing after Endgame comes out because it's Pikachu. I mean, it's something you can expect to make big money on, but we'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll see. Like, I think they might have cut their marketing budget or they're trying to, like, you know, spend less or whatever. Uh, it did It did find overseas opening weekend. People were talking about it was going to flop. It didn't flop. It did what it's supposed to do. I don't know. It might not have legs over there because people are saying that the humor and the family themes don't translate, which don't people in other countries have families? Mm. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because they're, maybe maybe it's because the early people who went to go see it are like the nerds who, you know, they want to go see people punch things. And that's it. 
Because I knew I saw a lot of people who were angry at this movie because, you know, the action scenes are, there aren't that many of them. They aren't that elaborate. And then there's a small group of, group of people who were upset because they didn't do Fawcett, Green Cloak, Subway, Let Down, um, Talkie Tawny, Billy, Mary, Freddy, Lieutenant Marvel's Uncle Dudley, Shazam, Captain Marvel. Which I would have walked out if they did that shit. <laughs> you, know, you know I hate Uncle Dudley. They made a good movie that actually stands on its own, whether or not you know what a, what a comic book even is. Which I really appreciate it. That's what you're supposed to do. That's how you're supposed to do it, damn it. That is how you are supposed to do it. So, 